Hi, I'd like to open this up by thanking the following patrons. Eli, Nolan Otto, Sleepy Smiles, Stephen Reichenbach, and Adam Wood. These five people went to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and uh, pledged to give us money each month, and we are really, really grateful for it. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Hello, and welcome to Games, Games, Games. How can I help? Oh, it's you. Why, yes. I'm Knight, Gabriel Knight. And aren't you the clerk who ran the voodoo shop I went to six enchanting years ago? You know I am, okay. So let's just get this over with. None of your shit. What what do you want? I'm looking for a game called Gunstar Heroes. I believe it was made by Treasure... Uh, yeah, just, it's over there in Genesis, alphabetical order, just leave me alone. I, I just, I just love games by Treasure. Such good music, I, I enjoy every Mehazure. Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're pretty good, their music's good, N- nobody would argue against, man. And, 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 I, and I do, I do take such pleasure in these video games, I mean, there's nothing better to do for... Leisure. Are, are you doing this on purpose? You're, you're doing this on purpose. Stop. This I, is I, terrible. I'm what? not joking. I'm just trying to finish our transaction. If I was joking, I'd be smiling, you know, like a cheesy cat. <sighs> My head hurts so fucking much. Well, you better take it easy then, friend. Getting that angry isn't good for your blood. Preasury. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm so mad that I'm shaking. Just, just take what you want and leave. I, fuck it. I don't. I didn't mean to give you a seizure. I'll just put the money on the counter here so you can square away your ledger. I'm, I'm leaving. I, I can't be here. F- fuck. How incredibly rude of that man. I guess I'll take my Gunstar heroes and get back to the newest case. Searching for the lost treasure of the Babylonian king. Why are you like this? This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Gabriel Knight 3, Blood of the Sacred, Blood of the Damned, which is an adventure game developed and published by Sierra Studios in 1999. There are two kinds of blood. And we got some both. <laughs> yep. Um, there's Business a, blood and pleasure blood. N- n- nothing in between, unless you mix mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. but, but, well, well I don't, what do you get then? Uh, Perhaps we'll find out. Uh, so, uh, the the, the best damn sangria in town. 
That's a sangria sancour. Um, Capri sangria. Oh, it's good to be back. Capri sangria. Um, All right. So starting a text document called go, go Gabriel Nightingale. <laughs> it's, it's a very unfortunate goat. That, that, is, uh, that is a poor goat. I don't know what gria means. Uh, something though, right? Maybe. <laughs> is this uh, cool? Is this the first time we've finished a series? um uh, maybe it, it has to be right yeah so I, I would say we have done all of dishonored but we have not covered death of the outsider so we're one away from from rounding dishonored yeah we're two away from fallout or three if you count the ps2 game so right pretty close uh yeah. on those two but this is i think this is the first complete series we've done yeah going out with a bang <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, uh in this game um you play as gabriel knight a mystery writer turned shot and yeager uh, so if you don't know if you, if you don't know what that means, uh, like a shadow hunter, so a, a supernatural investigator, apparently, uh, or more or less. And the game picks up four years after the events of Gabriel Knight, The Beast Within. Yes. Um, this is actually the final entry in our Auteur Adventure Games Month. This yes. uh, The auteur of this being Jane Jensen. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, who is mostly known for these. Yep. You know, hasn't done very much else, uh, but she does have a very specific voice. And uh, yeah, this is definitely a product of Jane Jensen. Yes. When you uh, when you when you play it, like the the kind of thing that I feel like she did in adventure games was take these you know real life like really really well researched yes um, kind of blending of these supernatural elements and history and real real life yeah she like takes three ingredients what she has is a a, a very particular place uh, that mm -hmm. has a very particular history and then matches it up with a very particular supernatural supernatural element that is related to that. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely kind of a formula yeah. uh, that she has. But at the time, you know, it, it's an interesting formula. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there's a lot in this game and in her games that is helped by rounding up by like, oh, this shit is actually real, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I wish that there were more of these. I wish that we did get the ghosts of Scotland or the, you know, the the, the witches of Poland, etc. Yes. You know, that yep. would that would all be incredibly good. Uh, but instead, this is the final one. Uh, this has Gabriel searching the south of France around Rennes-le-Chateau for an abducted baby, uh, and he's wrapped up in this plot that's kind of half about vampires and partially, mostly, about the bloodline of Jesus pulled from the 1982 book Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Yeah, it's it's a lot like, um, you know, the Da Vinci Code yeah. and a lot like Dogma. <laughs> like this yeah. whole thing about, like, you know, not to out myself as a you know, teenager who liked Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. But I was a teenager who liked Kevin Smith movies. Dogma like, was one of the first DVDs I ever bought. Those, man, I wish I had back every hour that I spent watching Kevin Smith commentaries. <laughs> what, a, what a surreal thing to say that I've done in my life. Yeah. Like me surrounded by my like, you know, dozens of grandchildren on my deathbed, <laughs> like explaining how there was an alternate opening to mall rats. You know, <laughs> I wish I'd never watched an evening with Kevin Smith three. I, I saw Zach and Mary make a porno in the theaters. I, I, I will the actually stand by that movie. I think that's a good movie. No, it's, it's not bad. Like he's not entirely a worthless creator <laughs> or anything, but just like the idea of watching the commentary on uh, dogma, which I definitely did. Uh -huh. uh, and, and that being the first thing that's reminded me of is yeah. bonkers in retrospect. Same boat, same boat, but yeah, they, uh, they all pull from this. What could probably generously be called biblical fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like a Bible conspiracy theory, but 
what's kind of interesting about this, and this is getting ahead a little bit, um, but I don't tend to, because of where we live, like being in the West and, mm-hmm. and such being in America, I tend to think of Christian as a default religion. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's not, but I don't tend to think of Christianity as having quite as much like wacky fun mysticism as it does. Yes. And this is kind of fun to see that. Like mm-hmm. if anybody, you know, it, it really makes that whole, like if you are in a religion and think other religions are bad thing, Mm-hmm. Uh, puts that into sharp focus as a dumbass thing to think. Oh yeah, <laughs> because all of them have tons of weird magic and spells and yeah. like conspiracy theories and silly shit. Like mm-hmm. doing this and like reading all these things people actually believed about this makes me feel like oh, like the Mormon magic underpants thing is not that weird. Oh, absolutely. You know how is that that much weirder than this? Yeah, and and I get that like mainstream Christians don't believe this, but it's still part of the you know culture that surrounded the religion yeah yeah they're like they're, there was there was still a, a a mysticism to it like in in our heads i think church is a building with a basement where in order to worship you fold up the ping pong table and move it to the side yeah uh, and also everybody brings a casserole it is not necessarily associated with like financially rich families in france that have passed that have passed down by generations and magic blood that will turn people immortal like it's not really yeah. a you know, not really something I consider when I think about religion mostly as a cultural thing. Yep. And it's neat to have that kind of put in the forefront. Yeah. Um, each entry in this series has a different kind of graphical presentation. And this one has changed again. Uh, the first one is a traditional kind of pixel point and click game. Second one is an FMV, FMV game. And this one has moved on to a incredibly shaky full 3D. Who boy. Incredibly shaky. Not just uh, technically. Um, I've had this game gave me fit scary. Um, mm. just in terms of, in terms of getting it to run consistently, but it's not very good looking either. Well, it's profoundly ugly. Yeah. Like this, this is a profoundly ugly game. Yeah. Um, you have Gabriel who looks kind of like a Ken doll and everybody else has a very lumpen form with faces that animate like a uh, deus ex characters a little bit. Yeah. Um, with just like textures that cycle through, uh, that cycle through lip, uh, um, lip shapes and such. It, it's especially jarring because... Uh, this is, there's a, a fairly significant subplot about this that has to do with kind of like romance and love. And you have to buy that any of these golems find each other attractive, <laughs> you know, like watching mole rats fuck. Like it, it's just this weird, this weird thing where it's like, you know, mm, she's good looking. Mm. It's like, boy, buddy, you know, like I don't, I don't know. Like I... rust are not supposed to be like a T pose. <laughs> like they, they shouldn't go, go out at a 90 degree angle like that. Like, yeah. It's extremely weird. Yeah. She has what we in the business call a Laura Croft rack. Yes. Yeah. And this is well after Laura Croft, like yeah. rack technology had moved on. <laughs> we, we, we at least <laughs> at had, point. but by 1999, we were, we were gearing up for dead or alive tech. Yeah. At the very least racks, <laughs> you know, had been moved into the future Yeah, at that point, like future rack. Man. You know, and, and then this play, which is the Canadian Best Buy, I think. But like <laughs> this, this, these racks and these characters lusting after each other is especially weird with how ugly this is. Man, you're really making me, I, I wish that racks was still around the, the, the roast beef restaurant that had the salad bar. I've never even heard of that. R-A-X, racks. I, it was a... I assume that was like a late Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> it's, it's Jax's <laughs> nephew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just got one like bionic leg. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So the shift to 3d, it is, uh, regrettable. Uh, also it was not really Jane Jensen or the designer's fault. This was full. This was fully Sierra looking at, you know, this gigantic project and saying, yeah, adventure games are dead. 
or at least on the way out, but we still need this to feel cutting edge. So we're going mm-hmm. to force you to do something. We're going to force you to do something you are neither experienced nor competent with because it needs to be a bullet point on the back of the box. And that sucks. It, it's a, it's really interesting to look at in retrospect because this game has this, I mean, this is a later point, but it's worth noting now is that like, this has this reputation for killing the genre uh, because of uh, moon logic puzzle puzzles. But really, I think it was more this. Yeah. Like it was more them taking a look at the genre, which was getting stale and just choosing the wrong solution to update it. Yes. You know, they, they could have, there would have been a way to kind of update adventure games as later developers would do. You know, we're kind of in this renaissance for them that would have been a lot better than updating the graphics and trying to make it look like, you know, a, a dungeon siege or whatever. Right. Yeah, it just kind of. Yeah, also, quest for glory five. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Fuck, we we eventually oh. need to do a quest for glory game. We need to do it later though, because that also is related to the Templars and shit. We've uh, we've done a quest for glory game. Not quest for glory shit. I was thinking of um, Broken Sword. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Womp. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Broken Sword ever went to 3D. Okay, like that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Broken Sword's on the list of like adventure games. I think like franchises I'd like to hit at some point for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so what's bad about this isn't just that it looks poor, uh, it's that it affects the way the game affects the way the game plays. So like you can imagine, um, kind of a wireframe of this game being, you know, just like your standard adventure game. You have an inventory, you have a world that has interactable people and objects. Uh, you might, you mainly, um, uh, use a context menu, standard stuff, right? The problem is um, there's really no art or composition to what the game shows you. Uh, the game takes no responsibility for the camera and instead says, all right, here's WASD, go nuts. Right, right. It, it's, you know, so it, it's one of the weirdest camera angles, like cameras in a game. Like yeah. you control the cam- camera independently of the character. Yes. So the, the way it plays is uh, you can playing a first person adventure game. <laughs> with a like Gabriel Knight familiar that will go and do your things. It's like beyond two souls or something like you play the ghost that does all the thinking. And then you have this like meat bag and mom jeans who comes around and actually picks things up for you. The jeans, Gary, the jeans, Gabriel Knight's jeans. Like that could be a whole episode. Oh yeah. Like just the, 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 uh, the he, this game is about jeans. He's like, Oh, he's you mean like the genetics 19... of the bloodline? <laughs> no, no. And the, 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 the demo that's around. <laughs> The yeah. denim that's around your ample hips. Hey, yeah. why does your belt cinch right below your nipples like you're a 1920s new- newsman, Gabriel? Yeah. <laughs> Buddy Holly. Like, like, yeah, it's extremely silly looking. But the, but the camera, so the, the point you're making about the authorship, like, is annoying because it really kind of shows in adventure games, like, the the frame of, you know, the, the, the angle of the room they show you is very intentional. Yes. Uh, in this, they can't do that. They do some making up for it because this is a less inventory focused adventure game. Mm-hmm. The most I found like it, there aren't a lot of just like things to collect in the world. And, you know, you go into a room and there'll be maybe like three things on a table yeah. and one of them you need to take. So I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that really, but I did have a problem. So them doing that patching over the first problem by making, you know, there not be very much inventory uh, puzzles or anything makes the world feel weird and empty. Yeah. Like everything feels like, um, like a, like a first quake mod or something like somebody's first quake mod, like everything, nothing feels real or lived in really. Yeah. It it, it feels, what it reminded me of, um, this is our second David Cage reference in the, uh, in in the show was Omicron nomad soul where everything was just so fucking huge and empty related to your character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's not great. 
Right, so it's, right. yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look good and it's hard, you know, it's, it can be hard to find objects. I didn't find that to be the case as much as I found just the scarcity of objects. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was laborious because, you know, the real estate that you cover is fairly limited in, in this game. And in order to get the game to tick forward to the next event, you probably need to go, you know, most of the time you need to go and find and touch on the right, the right thing or search for the right person because it is so big. And, you know, because you kind of have to touch everything every time uh, you are just kind of covering a lot of empty space between things of note. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When you're kind of making your rounds. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when we describe this as a 3d adventure game, don't think of something like, grim fandango or resident evil where it you know that there are 3d elements to this but it is still fundamentally a composed thing that is you know designed to show you what you need to interact with this is more like a like a 3d object find yeah which which i do get, you can get used to oh yeah like out of, out of the problems with this game like i feel like the 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 graphics and the control are not the thing like i i end up i have fun with this game like i like i like mm -hmm. this game it's the worst in the series and i'm never gonna say it's like great Mm -hmm. you know but i think i think it's mildly fun yeah the things that kind of damn it i wish had propped up the parts that are mildly fun Yeah. because the the graphics and control like it was you know i sat down and after like 40 minutes or so i was fine you yeah, know it just took a little yeah. while to get used to what's more frustrating and, and we'll get to this a little bit later is the you know this kind of like pacing and just kind of the scarcity of things to do yeah. you know the weird weird lack of a sense of urgency there's a lot of like little problems that uh, kind of add up to make the good part not very good. Yeah. Not you know not great. I mean, I guess like make it make it a B minus C plus as opposed to, you know, like a B, which <laughs> I think is where it would have topped out at. Yeah, with 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 these component parts, right? Um, my problem is that you know, so there is that period of time where where you're getting used to the interaction model. That for me happened concurrently with the incredibly, um, let's just say leisurely opening to this game. <laughs> Yeah, the the pacing is terrible. Yeah, so that co yeah, co that's... coincided with being incredibly bored by that, and also that early going, like the first third of this game, uh, you know, I was just plagued by these technical problems where I lost just a shitload of progress. I'm talking about replaying whole chapters, either because of an ill-timed um, crash that hard-locked my system, so I had to restart it, or uh, certain things where the flags didn't uh, trip in the right way, and I just missed an essential scene, and I'm going around, like, following three different walkthroughs, trying to figure out the thing that I missed. But nope, mm. it's just unwinnable. That, that, that's interesting, because the, the, one of the things about this game, and we're kind of all over the place in this generalities, but that's, that's, that's okay, um, is that it does something, something I'll say in its favor, is it does something kind of interesting uh, in that it has this almost illusion or... Uh, approximation of running in real time mm -hmm. like the world moves on while you're doing things yeah and it has lots of inessential scenes yeah yeah so there are a lot of i mean I, i'm not I, I take your word for it that there are things you can just miss and make the game unbeatable mm -hmm. there are also lots of things you can just kind of pick up for flavor though oh that stuff's really cool i like that like and it's a really innovative and kind of good use i think of adventure game points mm -hmm. like you know for for people who haven't played a lot of old adventure games it's very common for them to have a number, like point like a score counter especially sierra yeah. especially Sierra and the way that this, this game works, uh, the way they do that is really interesting in that, like, you know, to it's 950 points or something like that. You can beat the game with something like 700 Yeah, is there are the essential actions of the game. Um, so it just means that, you know, if you do something kind of like extra, you can, you get more of the story and they represent that numerically. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's just something in the second time block of the game, or maybe third, where just one of one of those scenes that comes across like it would be an essential is actually absolutely necessary. The game will not mm. proceed if you didn't see that. And also, um, beyond a certain point in that chapter, it won't trigger. So mm. just just a bunch of stuff like that. Like I think the 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 point the broader point that I'm trying to make is the half baked interaction model. You know, is leading up against a bunch of other unstable stuff. Like getting this game technically to run, even the GOG version right now is very mm. difficult, just because of com compatibility reasons, and then also kind of the inherent problem with the way they set things up. Eventually, that stuff faded away, and I was able to settle comfortably into you know what this game is when it's at its best but it's just so mm. like that like that just was a very a very wet blanket on my on my experience for sure yeah yeah that, that would drive me nuts and and to clarify you know not that that means it's not part of the experience but that's also not universal yeah like my, my version ran pretty smoothly i think i had like one or two crashes throughout the whole yeah. runtime but for the most part it ran okay yeah um so, just a roll so of the like, dice yeah it's a yeah you might have technical problems if you choose to play this which like I, i'm gonna you know the, the the verdicting i would say just like watch a let's play of this yeah um so like previous entries in the series uh gamer night 3 is broken up into these time blocks um instead of doing days like the previous games this one does a few hours a piece so the yeah. whole game takes place over three days uh, and the way that you advance the plot is doing the things that are kind of necessary to move on to the next time block yes um sometimes that's obvious sometimes it's not i think that it's it, it's probably half and half like it's mm. kind of like okay well um time isn't advancing and i don't know why so i need to go and search for the needle in the haystack yeah and yeah. a lot of times that just go to a place you haven't been yeah before but sometimes it's revisit a place kind of non-intuitively yeah um which again part of that is cool because these places are dynamic like you know uh the structure of this is you're with a group and they will go and go about their own things yeah and part of the game is figuring out what these people are doing mm -hmm. um so part of that is cool but it also can be tedious if you don't have any idea yeah where yeah. to go and you're just kind of cruising to these big empty again like quake one mod outdoor <laughs> locations that are just like eye bleedingly ugly yeah just checking to see if that weird pair of british ladies is there <laughs> you know yeah um and if they're there so you know sometimes you might get just a little optional inessential scene that just fleshes out uh, a little bit of their particular part of the mystery right yes um a little a little ways into this gray grace so shows up great <laughs> grace nakimura um and she's a playable character in this um and like in the beast within she uh serves a very particular role she's like a, a researcher for gabriel mm. um and her, her segments are great because they rely on her using sydney which is this schadenjager database that she has put together um it's a bat computer that has a whole bunch of different functions in it and you use it to solve this one massive riddle with a bunch of component parts by kind of like cross-referencing evidence and basically you know just doing a bunch of like word map and interpretation puzzles which is the best puzzle in this game and i think probably one of the best like one of my favorite adventure game puzzles it's so like good. i like everything with sydney a lot yeah it stands for uh schadenjager informational database neat <laughs> like, like when i saw it when it started, you know came up with the logo and just had you know said sid and i'm like man yeah weird. i mean um, you little, could just little... call it sid that's also a name yeah well, i mean they, they also wanted to throw in the monty python and the holy grail connection with the oh, with sure. me yeah no, the nice say I, Sydney. I hate myself I, yeah 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 you do um <laughs> uh one of the things i thought of with sydney in this is that how fun it would be to go to like think geek here in town buy a three dollar laptop uh-huh and then just set it up as a sydney computer oh yeah like put that as the backdrop and then just have what you know 
get all this stuff in because it's just a database. Uh huh. Like recreate or find some fan who's already recreated that database mm-hmm. and have a dedicated Schottenacre laptop that runs Sydney. <laughs> nice. That, that works the same way. Something like a fun like prop you could make at home. Yeah. Um, well, the, the like the one it's like a it's like a really funky looking Apple uh, laptop too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty great. Sydney's great. I I I love any time that she shows up. Uh, it is not as um, <laughs> okay. So it's not as you're loving this, aren't you, Cole? As the Beast Within sections where you're literally walking around a museum and reading plaques. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it is similarly interesting in terms of like, you are solving this unsolvable puzzle just by the sheer kind of ingenuity of Grace's approach. Right. Well, this is, this was much closer to a, you're loving this, aren't you Gary thing? Because it's yeah. like they, they did a, in Sydney, there's the essential stuff for the case, but they seeded future games in there. Uh huh. So there are hints of ghost stuff and there are things in all the past cases. Mm-hmm. So, and just kind of a bunch of supernatural shit. So it kind of just functions as this like supernatural encyclopedia. Like I was surprised by the number of like, you know, supernatural things you could put in there. And there's an entry that's not related to anything mm-hmm. in here. Like if you just kind of surf it like Wikipedia, it's pretty fun. Um, this is the last Gabriel Knight game, as we mentioned. And Jane Johnson wanted to get Tim Curry to return uh, to voice the main character. No other actors returned. Um, however, they do pretty good impersonations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mosley guy and the Grace guy are both good. Um, Tim Curry is back. He's doing a, a very different performance, which yeah. like didn't didn't click for me until you know, more than halfway through the game. Right. Like he is, he's a, like a, a well-meaning like bumpkin idiot in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. They, they, they confuse like New Orleans smooth guy with like horny hayseed. Right. And horny hayseed Gabriel, uh, about halfway through the game, he starts using that to get information and put people off their guard. <laughs> For the first half of the game though, I don't really get it. Yeah. Like, it, was, like, it, it felt like, when he, when he first started doing that and just trying to like, you know, he was clearly playing dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, Oh cool. Like that makes sense. You know, he's, he's playing dumb. Like he's trying to, trying to lure these people into a false sense of security, but that doesn't make sense for when he's just doing like mundane interactions for the first half of the game. and just sounds like, you know, like a, a, a moron. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't seem intentional. It kind of sets up like almost a, uh, like, like an inspector gadget kind of thing where the, the titular hero is just a bumbling idiot and it's, and it's his savvy female sidekick who actually does yeah. all the work. Um, it, it, yeah, it's a very different interpretation. It, it almost feels like they just kind of reminded him like, Oh yeah, you're a Southern detective. And that is what him I go. think too. Yeah. Like, I think he forgot, I think Tim Curry forgot. Right. You know, or he's just phoning it in or something like that. And it doesn't mean there aren't like deliveries that are full of charm. Like mm-hmm. it's still Tim Curry. It's not like there's no pleasure in it. And I yeah. still love this character, but it is a very different interpretation of the character. I, I do have a particular problem with his delivery. Um, so in the first game, it was a problem because he said New Orleans as opposed to Nolans, but otherwise mm-hmm. his accent kind of wandered, but generally it was on point. I think that somebody who grew up and lived in New Orleans his entire life would not necessarily struggle with French the way that he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it just, it bugged me. Like, it's ultimately a small thing, but like, as a matter of characterization, having him trip Renez Le Chateau. Like, what, yeah, what, what the fuck are you talking about? He, everything, every time he says a French word, he pronounces it as a, as a question. Yeah. Psycho killer? What is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> everything, everything is a, is a question for him. It's really weird. Um, yeah. Everyone else is all, again, you know, pretty over the top. Like this is like a bigger performed game, especially coming off the second one, which yeah. just by virtue of having real people was much more low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, then this, every character is kind of turned up to 11 in this, except for grace. Yes. 
Yeah. Grace Gra- Gra- is just played like a like a normal woman. Like there's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing particular about her. Yeah, um, she's still, she's still great. Like I love that yeah. character. And this this you know the the frustrating thing is being somebody who accidentally got invested in these characters is that the uh, this sets up a lot of like interesting things for the future that never got paid off. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, to to rephrase that, she is just a she just comes across as a normal woman. She is kind of the only character for whom nuance is an man. option. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we already alluded to this, you know, old, this game is infamous because of an old man Murray, uh, article about the, you know, syrup on the cat hair makes a mustache puzzle. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to come at that puzzle fresh without knowing what the solution is. So therefore it's not necessarily bullshit because of the reputation. The thing is though, like the genre was dead and dying by the time this game mm-hmm. even entered production. You know, there's a, there's yeah. a, there's a quote from Jane Jensen, like, you know, we were the last dinosaur on the block. And as soon as this was done, like we and games like this were done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and even so, so it's inaccurate to say this killed the adventure genre. It's also that puzzle and going back to it, because I, I played this when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't remember very much of it, but the puzzle is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's that much worse than like the worst puzzle in this, the longest journey or other kind of contemporary games, really. Yeah. Like it's bad. It makes more sense than the old man Murray article mm-hmm. kind of leads you to believe by reading that. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the context, there are little things to prop it up. And the developers have gone on record as saying they didn't want to do that puzzle. There was a thing Gene Jensen wanted to do, but they couldn't figure out how to do it in 3D. So they had to patch that together at the last minute and it's the first major puzzle you do. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the weakest puzzle in this game and you have to do it right away. So it, it feels bigger than it really is. Yeah. Like um, it sucks. I'm not saying it's good. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's not genre killing bad by any means. Right. Right. Like the thing for me about it is that it just, t- it feels out of place. It feels like Looney Tunes. It feels more yeah. like it would be at home in Monkey Island or Day yes. of the Tentacle than Gabriel Knight, which up to this point had very clever puzzles that, you know, when they were not dealing with something explicitly supernatural, felt grounded in a way. Yeah, they're, they're all just con man shit. Yeah. In, in previous Gabriel Knights. Like, even, you know, doing the cuckoo clock to distract the, the bouncer in the second one, mm-hmm. which is like the worst puzzle in that game, feels more grounded than this. Yes. Yeah. So I've been mean, yeah. just the, de- de- dealing with like literally a cat and mouse game. Uh, feel, yes. feels like a real bummer. Um, yeah. Like we said, there are hints about what Gabriel Knight 4 would have been. Uh, they imply it would have been about ghosts in Scotland and also it would have continued Grace's increasingly interesting story. Yeah. Um, yeah she, she ends this game going off to, apparently there's like Schottenegger Academy or something like that yep. in India that she goes off to. Yeah. Uh, you know, holding the, the burgeoning romance between the two. Yes. Um, the only follow-up we've ever gotten for this game uh, is a short comic series uh, from 2015 called The Temptation, which kind of deals with the fallout from this game's ending. Yeah. Just kind of wrapping things up. And that's 2015. So that's something they definitely did. I feel like it's like, oh, we're never going to make this third game. So let's mm-hmm. throw the fans a bone. Yes. Um, and that was, that was roughly around the time when they were um, remaking the first game, too. Yes. I believe. Roughly coincides yeah. with it. And it brought uh, Von Glauer back as a hallucination. Yeah. But, you know. Love Von, Von Glauer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's generalities. Um, the setup for this is kind of weird. If you just go into the start of the game without having read the supplemental materials, the game doesn't actually give you a lot of information about what's going on. No, no. And that's the difference. All all the previous games also had an intro comic mm-hmm. that came with it. Like these graphic novels are kind of 
you know, a hallmark of the series, but this is the only one that's totally essential. Yes. You know, the other one set up the plot kind of well enough. This one eschews that in favor of this weird psychedelic, you know, intro, this yeah. opening that's like very trippy. Uh, <laughs> so if, you know, if you just start playing it, you'll have no idea what's going on. So you got to yeah. read that thing. It comes with all the major versions of the game you can get now, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the proper setup for this is that Gabriel is working with Prince James of Albany um, to protect his infant son, the baby Charlie. Uh, from these uh, vampire creatures called the Night Visitors, is what uh, Prince uh, Prince James is calling them. Uh, however, one night, these two strange men abduct Charlie and carry him away on a trunk. Gabriel follows them onto a train where they knock him out, and he basically just wakes up in France. And, and, just, and just, where are we? <laughs> when it's Chateau. Miss yeah. your night. Go yes. to the hotel. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to have a champagne jam. You know, and... <laughs> He goes and does that. That's pretty much our opening. Yeah. Um, and you, you do get a little bit of your, like, you know, remember the night the storm came thing with asking people if there are two men who passed around or passed by with a large trunk. Mm -hmm. Apparently this baby was kept in a suitcase and uh, suitcase babies need the most attention. And Gabriel <laughs> wants to give that baby the attention it needs. Yeah. <laughs> like at least put him in a toy trunk or a it's, trunk it's, full of formula. Like, <laughs> <laughs> A, a formula substrate for, for the baby to feed off of through osmosis. Yeah, like like an, a like a bottle of Orbitz. <laughs> <laughs> like Kearney's son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I sleep in a drawer. Um, <laughs> so this takes us into day one, ten a.m. We're in this hotel where everything takes place. This hotel is your world entire for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you wake up, you get used to the controls slowly. You inspect all the stuff in your inventory and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing you have to do is you check out the closet. Um, this game is huge for empty closets. Mm -hmm. uh, but the important thing is there's a coat hanger you can grab and a piece of masking tape Yes. on the back wall. Yeah. Uh, then head downstairs. Um, you have to talk to the clerk. The first thing you do, you kind of interrogate this guy um, who kind of flirts with Gabriel Yes. Uh, as well. Like Gabriel is definitely like a, a sex object in this game. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't know anything about the men with the chest. Um, you do find out that there is a tour, uh, tour group coming through. Yes. And you know, that those people all checked in last night. So you have kind of this list of sub suspects and kind of a pro kind of way. Yeah. You can, you, you look at the, uh, at the register of people who came in, uh, kind of trying to figure out if there's anybody who came in after you is a little yes. bit what these first few things are. So you mosey on over to the dining room and guess what that mosey yields a Mosley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fr Franklin Mosley from the first game uh, is there in the dining room. And this is an incredibly awkward exchange because they don't want to actually give away information that they, you know, necessarily know each other. Um, well, they, they, the they don't mind. You know, they talk about how they know each other. They don't want to give away why they're there. Yes. So it's clear that they're both hiding something and mm -hmm. that Mosley doesn't want to talk in public. Yes. You know, th this is something that, again... And kind of first blush mistakes with this game, you know, where if you just start playing it, you think that it's worse than it ultimately turns out to be, is this really seems like it's just terrible acting. Right. But both the characters are being cagey, mm -hmm. you know, on purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, it's great to have Mosley back. Um, <laughs> part of the joy of playing this game is kind of looking forward to whatever new indignity you are going to force on him. Oh, yeah. He's, and, a, he's a sad sack. In this game, quite literally. Like, he is a, a sack... <laughs> That has uh, two legs and two arms and a head stuck to it. Yes. It, it, his rough hewn lumpen form uh, it, it is adorned with increasingly tacky uh, shirts 
shirts whose texture or pattern looks a little bit like a Winamp visualization that was frozen midway through. Yeah. And then just plastered onto him. It's ridiculous. And his torso is obviously like a gut and a, ch- a chest polygon. Yeah. And the way they move together is like a, like a Dr. Octopus action figure or something. <laughs> like, it's very, very strange the way these two, you know, he's like, he's like a snowman. Uh-huh. I guess. Like, it's, he's got like the, the big ball, the little, the medium ball and the big, the small ball. <laughs> and then just like, you know, with arms and legs. He's all like a snowman walking around with arms and legs. <laughs> Yeah, my, my my favorite thing or one of my favorite touches is, you know, this is a very nice hotel. Everybody has a room, you know, around the edges of this upstairs kind of, kind of hallway. However, Mosley is sleeping in a converted broom closet. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good Mosley content in this game, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you 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 make a, a pledge. He tells you which room he's staying in. Mm-hmm. Um, that ends up being kind of a puzzle, a minor puzzle that you do throughout the game is figuring out where everyone's staying. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he says, you know, we'll talk later. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you figure you should let Prince James know that his son's been kidnapped. So you go to the phone section, uh, which is kind of interesting. Like there's somebody already in the phone booth, mm-hmm. uh, there and, uh, the trade, this is one of the many things you can do to kind of, uh, you know, figure stuff out ahead of the game is look at the shoes mm-hmm. of the person because it, you, you can figure out who's there and they're there while you make the phone calls. They overhear you. Yeah. Uh, they won't answer if you, uh, if you call for them and they're not speaking on the phone. Mm-hmm. They're just waiting there to eavesdrop on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, additionally, you can eavesdrop on other people. Like there's a scene a little bit later where you walk in on somebody speaking Italian. You can actually tape record them and feed that into Sydney, um, yeah. and get the translation again. The kind of spy stuff you do in this game is very cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, you tell Prince James about his son, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you're, you just kind of say like, I'm going to keep finding him, uh, or keep trying to find him. And is this the point or is it a little bit later when he actually fires you? Um, it's a little bit later when he actually sends, when, when he sends his two Scottish goons. Crusher and Loblo. To, <laughs> yeah. To yeah. yeah, he sends Crusher and Loblo to get you. Goons, <laughs> Scottish goons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, he's, you're not necessarily fired, fired just yet. I don't believe anyway. Um, so we talked about this tour group. It is led by someone named Madeleine Bouthain, Bouthain, where we mm-hmm. are going to just really butcher some of this French pronunciation. Please forgive us. Like a couple of Gabriel Knights. Yes. Uh, Madeleine, you know, she is very knowledgeable of Rennes-le-Chateau um, mm-hmm. and kind of the connections of this area. Uh, specifically, this group is looking for treasure. She's got the T-pose boobs. Yes. And Gabriel Knight is real skeevy. Mm-hmm. If you look, if you you know, click look on her or whatever, he's like, ah, don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's just barely yeah. containing, you yeah. know, this boner elemental that he is. <laughs> yeah. If if you if you click the uh, kind of kind of like think on this icon, like the investigate kind of kind of like, oh, if I think about her, I'll be walking funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He implies he's gonna get a boner that like goes down his pants past his knee, so it's like he has a splint. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> so like, uh, but he she talks about how she has this tour. Um, you can ask her a little bit about it now. But uh, mostly you want to say, like, hey, I might join the tour group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she says, okay, it'll be 2,000 francs. Um, and then, then when, when Grace asked to join, it's 3,000. So yeah. she is yep. definitely uh, definitely doing this. Something that the game does very well, I think, um, when it's introducing these characters um, is kind of make everything feel suspicious and make you feel, you know, it keeps you on your guard about who is actually being nefarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We would... I think they I, they do a great job of that yeah. because everyone has a reason to be nefarious because of the the conceit of the plot. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not hiding, you know, vampires or kidnappers or something like that, they don't want other people to get the treasure. So like, 
it's a real clever setup because everyone has a reason to be secretive. Yeah. And a lot of these secrets you uncover, like if you play the game and do enough of the optional stuff, by the end, you'll know what everyone's motivation and situation is mm-hmm. to get here. And all of them have a reason to be cagey. Yes. You know, no one is just arbitrarily being secretive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it um, takes a lot of snooping and a lot of prying to uh, to kind of sort out everybody's motivations. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's fun to do so. Like mm-hmm. it, is a, it is a cool, you know, it is a cool, like I like investigative Gabriel Knight. That's mm-hmm. one of the, you know, the big differences between this and kind of other adventure games is that you are a detective and you're doing detective shit. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, you can go to the museum uh, where the attendant here, the curator, Madame Gerard, she kind of plays coy about the connections uh, uh, between this area and the Holy Grail. However, everybody is talking about the Grail all the time. Um, yeah. And everybody is talking about the Templars all the time. If this is a secret or a conspiracy, it is the least concealed. Well, it's a tourist trap. Yes. You know, so, you know, everyone's talking about the reason why people come here at all. Yes. You know, um, when you go further into the, uh, the museum, uh, you can speak to two other, you know, two women who are on the, the tour, mm-hmm. uh, Lily and Lady Howard. Yeah. Um, so it is a, a tall, uh, kind of British lady who is kind of like, you know, improper British mm-hmm. and a shorter, uh, very extravagant, you know, kind of royalty voice. Very theatrical. Uh, yes. Like, like Jim Sterling when he does the comatocracy videos, yeah. um, very powdered wig. Uh, you had to kind of hide behind a tapestry mm-hmm. to listen to them, to listen to them talk yeah. uh, and kind of learn uh, what they're doing. It is, uh, you know, and they're hiding it as well, as you mentioned. So you don't say like, Hey, are you looking for the grail? You say like, do you know what the grail is? Yes. You know, yeah. you play like, again, you play like a bumpkin mm-hmm. and it makes a kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this section ends when you meet another person who ends up being pretty important. You find a man named Emilio, Emilio Baza, uh, yes. He was in a hotel lobby, and he's being very cagey as well. He's actually lying about when he arrived. Um, well, and, and he was eavesdropping on you. Yes. Like, if you look at the shoes under the uh, phone booth, they're his. Yeah, yeah. They do a very good job of making Emilio seem suspicious because he doesn't do very much. He's just kind of always sitting in a place nearby. And he's, he's the number one suspect. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it, for, for much of the game, like, I was like, oh, it's this fucking guy. <laughs> you know, he lied about when he got here. He's being real cagey. Mm-hmm. Um I'm sure it's him. And even, you know, in Gabriel, it's part of the text. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a faint. And what he actually is is one, one of the weirder parts of this game. Like, <laughs> this game does big swings in the last act. So yeah. <laughs> look, forward, look forward to that. Um, you can also kind of learn about this book uh, there. Like, all you're doing this first time block is visiting the areas. Yeah. Um, you know, and specifically that that uh, this Holy Grail book that's in a bookstore window mm-hmm. uh, that has been closed for renovations uh, is, the, is the book that Jane Jensen read. Yeah this yeah like you look yeah. at it and it triggers something uh you mentioned san Graal, uh and that is that is something that gabriel heard the night visitors say yes. um, as he was chasing after them so he he believes that they're that the, the holy grail and this kidnapping are connected yes um yep. yeah i mean so we're smack dab in the middle of this kind of setup part we should probably talk about the pacing problem that happens right here like you are literally just kind of walking around around aimlessly trying to learn something and meeting these new characters yep and a lot of the characters don't show up here right you know i I think a smarter way to do this kind of get your bearings thing would have had been for gabriel to talk to everybody who's in on the tour yeah you know and do locations a little bit later but just have everybody you know tour doesn't start until tomorrow everyone's in the dining room you go around and kind of do this verbal sparring yeah with everyone i think that would have been a smarter way to do it instead they kind of drip feed the characters so like when you get a new character it's interesting Mm -hmm. you know because you you automatically can kind of suspect them and you're trying to fit them into this puzzle that you have but that just happens at such a drip feed Mm -hmm. like this whole day is very very slow yes so 
And this moves on to the next time block, uh, day one, 12 p.m. Uh, when you do go back to the dining room, uh, you meet a new character, this Australian guy who's hitting on the tour guide. This guy's name is John Wilkes. Not, not suspicious at all. Not suspicious at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah John uh, Wilkes is kind of manliness embodied. He's got this huge mustache. It's kind of like uh, the boss from The Critic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great, that's a great Duke. Yes, that's a great Duke. comparison. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he 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 is hitting on uh, the tour guide. Uh, there's some there's some really gross stuff with Wilkes. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah, like he he's a he's an absolute scuzzball. Yes. You know, and like it doesn't. I, I just believe that he is like that. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't. I think that he gets his just dessert, so it doesn't like trip my sjw eyes yeah very yeah. much like he's just he's a horny shithead yeah but he gets treated like a horny shithead and like used for his things and then ultimately his uh has all the blood drain from his body and dies <laughs> yeah uh, after ex- after grace like knees him in the nuts like he, he has a bad time of it yeah he gets like sanguinated it's hard to say that he that he gets off scot-free um yeah, uh, yeah he, he gets off like the scots did not scot-free <laughs> yeah yeah Scot- scot-free of blood yes yeah <laughs> Ooh, blood free. Um, <laughs> blood Capri Sands. Sand. <laughs> One of the incidental scenes that you can see that ends up being pretty important uh, is you can go upstairs and you can see the British ladies, uh, Estelle and Lady Howard, um, switching rooms with with, with Emilio with, with with Baza. He's moving to be nearer to Knight's room. Yeah. Um, so again, suspicious. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is important because knowing who is in which room for like listening purposes and for snooping purposes ends up being uh, just essential to figuring yeah. out, um, you know, who, who's doing what. Absolutely. Um, you can visit the church today um, and you uh, you get to meet a, a new tourist, this Italian guy named Bucelli. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone pronounces his name differently. <laughs> yeah. Like Gabriel says Bucelli. Uh, Grace says like Bucelli. Somebody else says like Bucelli or something like that. <laughs> it's real fucked up. Yeah, Bucelli. Um, he's so he's uh he's kind of looking at the statuary and uh kind of picking it apart he's really skeptical of the treasure mm-hmm. but you know he's also lying about when he arrives so again yeah. suspicious mm-hmm. yeah uh Bocelli, uh you know we find out later on he's a priest but he's like specifically tearing this entire church down because it's not actually a functioning church again it is this tourist trap kind of thing that is uh centered around the cult of magdalene uh which we learned by talking to the abbe yes yes yep. um so, you know, again, uh, called Magdalene, uh, the Black Madonna. Yes. You know, so all these pictures with the Black Madonna, that's actually Magdalene, not Mary. Yeah. Well, you know? if, if that's Magdalene, then what is that baby? Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So again, like, I, I'm kind of down for that stuff. Like, I'm not going to turn it, I'm not going to go read a bunch of Dan Brown novels or anything. No, but like, no. again, it is kind of, you know, I don't know very much about this. And it is interesting when something that I consider just to be like a real, you know, basic religion yeah. has these cool secrets to it. Yeah. Um, here's my question, and this may have impacted my um, eye rollingness at stuff like this. Had you read The Da Vinci Code before this or seen the movie? Oh, no. No? Okay. Yeah. The Da Vinci Code came out when I was in high school, um, and that was just a book that just passed around. Like, you, you can read in a, you can read it in a fucking day in my English teacher. You know, I was the kind of I was the kind of nerd who had like a close enough relationship with my, with my English teacher that she would just like give me books that she had read, mm. you know, to pass around and stuff. And this was just one of them. So like all of, like most of the stuff that this is about, aside from the weird, crazy way that it goes off the rails near the end, was stuff that I had picked up from a Dan Brown novel. So okay. like I you know when when I'm rolling my eyes at like who's the baby? It's being built. <laughs> 
who's the baby? I'm the baby. Um, it, it's, <laughs> who's, it's, who's not the mama? <laughs> who's not the mama? Yeah. Um, <laughs> not Mary Magdalene. Yeah. It, it's because they're trying to play it off legit or be coy about what the mystery is. And just like. And you, and you knew the mystery. Right. Yeah. So, so put yourself a little bit. Like if you're listening to this, like and most people are probably more in your camp. Like that was an extremely popular novel. I did not know anything about the novel other than that it dealt with codes. And there's like four <laughs> sequels. Right. So, and the sad thing is Jane Jen, like this came out a couple months before the Da Vinci Code. It was just like Jane Jensen and Dan Brown both read that book. Yeah. It was and Jane Jensen made it in, Like the uh, Da Vinci Code came out in like 2002, 2003. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was just like, they both just, they're both based on the same subject material uh-huh. essentially. And just, you know, Jane Jensen had the, the misfortune to be working in the field of adventure games right. and made this huge flop right. that dealt with this where Dan Brown, you know, is in the ever, you know, thriving world of books yeah. <laughs> and became, you know, yeah. incredibly rich. Yeah. Dan, Dan Brown's over here writing Tom Hanks books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Jane Jensen is like, you know, I guess I, I saw somewhere in the Slack someone was talking about how she's doing like online erotica lit. Yes. Yeah, under you know, a pen name. Yeah. So, you know, not the, no no shame at that, but like it's not Dan Brown money. You know, yeah. So if uh she had written a book instead, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, uh, but you uh, talked to this Abbe. The Abbe is another uh, ridiculous character model. <laughs> I, I I didn't think this guy looked like me. If you made me in Second Life, to me, <laughs> like he has my torso. Like I was like, oh, there's my torso. Yeah, and so it's really nice to see. I, I love the preponderance of fat guys this month. Uh huh. Like Quest for Glory was a little bit light on them. Yeah, but between this and Callahan's, like that's true. This, yeah. is, this is a good like a good month for just seeing fat boys <laughs> yeah. in games and I'm yeah. down for it. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not making fun of his body shape. I'm making fun of the shape of his model, which is, yeah, very, yeah. which is very awkward. It, it is. It is just, I it's this one for some reason to me read more natural. Oh, I, I think it, it's because uh, his clothing, since it's not a patterned uh-huh. shirt, it hides the articulation point between the top and bottom half of his torso. Ah, oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So like this just this didn't feel that unnatural to me. It, it hit his abdomen ball. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh the important thing you get from him and kind of learning this this history lesson though is that uh you know, you're under the impression that Grail means cup because mm-hmm. we've all seen that Indiana Jones movie. But he said, No, this is actually a vessel. Yeah. You know, it's the direct translation. That could mean a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. Just that, you know, back in medieval times you couldn't speak in direct terms. You had to kind of be you know, speak in poetry. It had to be in metaphor, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so you go visit Mosley and catch up. This is actually remarkably good. Um, mm-hmm. I, you, you just don't see this happen at all, which is two male characters having a discussion about feelings and relationships. Yeah. Like, yeah, like holy like shit. The, why is that such a rare treat? It's, it's not, it's not perfect at all. Like right. Gabriel Knight's kind of shitty yeah. during this, but this, the, the series is about him growing. Right. right? So like he's making movement. Yeah. You know, from being like a total womanizer in the first game to like ultimately in, you know, the fandom fourth game, eventually settling down and realizing, you know, it's important. Mm-hmm. And they just they talk about it in a way that like feels kind of real, mm-hmm. you know, like mo- like this situation of just like one person being afraid to commit and being this consummate horn dog mm-hmm. and the other person being like, you literally don't know what you're missing. <laughs> right. You know, this person's amazing. You know, you should you should go like this. This person's right for you. Yeah. You know, don't be such an idiot. And him being conflicted about that, like it is, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, um, just like two, two men talking about feelings like that's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you kind of learn uh, Grace and Gertie are friends now. Grace was jealous of Gertie in the second one. Yes. And they've both been kind of working on getting Gabriel shit together and having him kind of grow up. <laughs> they've got he's him a, on a training like a regimen. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Pratt's a good a good comparison, actually. Yeah. Um, 
when you talk to Mosley, he lies and says the reason he's here is because he learned about this tour in a travel magazine. And you kind of tell him about your case. So you're not being secretive to your best friend, uh, even if he's being secretive to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but partway through this, um, and this is a little bit of a detail that you can miss if you're not paying attention, um, you hear a noise and you can actually mm -hmm. break the conversation, get up, open the door and see that Baza is spying on you. He's actually hold, holding a drinking glass up to the up to the door. Um, and, you know, and he just kind of like clears his throat, awkwardly puts the glass down and walks away. Um, yeah. You can get this glass. Um, even if you don't catch him in the act, you'll find the glass on the um, on the like the credenza there in mm -hmm. the hallway uh, and you take this and this is how you can spy on people mostly hearing bathroom noises yeah that, that, that can happen again and and you don't uh really interestingly like one of the, my favorite things you get in this game is a fingerprint kit mm -hmm. all the stuff about getting people's fingerprints i thought was really fun um this one does not have them yes and like a drinking glass is one of the objects that should definitely have fingerprints on it mm -hmm. so that's a that's a weird obscure hint yeah to yeah. uh to, to emilio there um after you do that we move on to day one uh 2 p.m the 2 p.m block or you step outside and Gabriel uh, talks about motorcycles um, like Steve Brule <laughs> does. <laughs> like, for some reason, he has turned into a four-year-old who really, really loves go-go trains. And he's just like, it's really like he only calls it a Harley. <laughs> like, you know, there goes this whole chapter where he has this dumb fucking uh, like puzzle is about how Gabriel doesn't want to be emasculated by riding a by a Vespa. <laughs> Who's gotta get that Harley? And he's just, I guess I'll fire up the Harley. Like it's very Steve Rooley and it's very funny. <laughs> I, need to, I, I am I, I need I must I must sit astride the chop hog. Yeah, yeah I gotta get on that chop hog. Um when you get there, when you get to the bike rental thing, because you this is how you go and open up the rest of the map. Yeah, yeah. Um all the bikes except for one are reserved. It's a shitty moped, um, the shitty scooter. So he, you need to find a way to get that Harley. Yeah. And that's most of this time block. Yeah. Um, to do this, you have to pretend to be somebody from the tour group, right? Yes. Um, and that involves um, the first indignity that you put against Mosley, which is imitating him, but also like just being a stupid version of him. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, there's a lot of Duncan on Mosley here. Yeah. Uh, that you do. So you have to assemble a Mosley disguise. There's some hinting here uh, that the, uh, when you go to the checkout clerk, he's a extremely near nearsighted mm -hmm. like when he uh when you give him your id he has to hold it like two inches from his eyes yeah yeah so the whole idea that he's fooled by this which is a big old man murray sticking point mm -hmm. um you know makes a lot of sense with that like he's he's almost blind yeah there, 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 there's a basis you just have to you just have to interact with him and pay attention yep so so the first thing is you go and you grab his jacket um and then you need to get his passport by distracting him with candy <laughs> And this is so the the fact that this can happen a bunch of times. This is yeah. a time based puzzle. Yeah. Uh, is so fucking comical. Like you you buzz him down and you have to put candy like, like on a in table his, in his path. Yeah, he, so he can Pac Man it up. And they just, they just look like those fucking Starlight Mints. Yeah. Like how's he in this many Starlight Mints? And you can do it like if you get the timing wrong or you send him the wrong way. Um, you don't get up there in time or you go up the stairs the wrong way where he's seen you. Yeah. Like I did this. I did this like four times. So, so to Mosley, he kept getting buzzed down, walking down, seeing an errant candy, saying, don't, 
don't mind if I do. And then like <laughs> bending over and slowly like unwrapping it with his butt in the air. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, not, for, just, you know, not just unwrapping it. St- standing still and staring at a wall, oblivious, oblivious to the entire world for about mm, two minutes as he dissolves <laughs> this candy in his mouth. He just eats them in real time. Yeah. It's fucking absurd. Yeah. Like that cat hair gets a lot of credit for being the most absurd part of this puzzle. <laughs> this is real silly. Yeah. I mean, it's almost literally like a, like a family guy joke. James Woods. Ooh, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece yeah. of <laughs> yeah but you, you you trick him with his candy so he bends over he can pull his passport out of his pocket yes yeah uh so you get his passport there's no way that you're actually going to look like mosley you know just different mm-hmm. different body or different body shape different face shape right yep. um you know so in order to do that like you, you know, when you examine it um you can actually take a black magic marker and put a mustache on the passport uh, because people will not look past a mustache right problem is you also need to have a mustache so it matches the passport yes um and that's how you use uh you get a spray bottle um and you put some tape by a door like previously you've seen a cat Mm -hmm. the cat runs up onto a wall uh, or first time it runs into a hole Mm -hmm. uh the second time it runs up into a wall so you have to put some tape on the hole that make the cat squeeze through and get its cat hair to make a mustache. Right. Um, and then ultimately you have to stick that to your face and you do that using syrup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's extremely silly. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people who, who are complaining about it brought up the fact that you're doing a mustache at all. Like, you know, Mosley doesn't have a mustache, but like that is, if you're think about this in terms of like, guess who, Yeah. you know, the game, guess who, like two people with a mustache look more alike than two people without mm-hmm. mustaches. Yeah. Like, it covers up a lot of face. It's a, there's a reason why it's part of fake disguises. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like it is a distinctive thing that draws the eye. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this did not seem quite as silly to me as it did to some people for sure. Yeah. Like the, like the, the cat hair and the syrup part of it is That's far silly. more ridiculous. Like, it, yeah. like if there was just like a prank shop or a gift shop, you know, that had, yeah. you know, that, that, that had like fake mustaches there, like that, that would feel less out of place in a French tourist town. Than... And this is the only, again, like you, you mentioned earlier, like this is the only puzzle like this. Yes. You know, there isn't really anything like this, like, you know, they had, um, or what if it wasn't a permanent marker and you just drew one on yourself, <laughs> Right. you know, like you just had, had a whiteboard marker yeah. or something like that. Like gave yourself a little mustache. Like there's lots of things this could have done other than this cat hair thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's extremely bad. I'm never going to actually say it's, you know, go to bat with it for it, but it gets a lot of credit as the worst puzzle in adventure games. And I think that is not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, if if anything, I think that it is probably more. The problem is that it's akin to other stuff that happens in adventure games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it is a good example. Yeah. Of shitty adventure game puzzles. Yep. Uh, but you complete the ensemble with a cap that you grab from from the museum, lost and found. You go. Uh, the clerk says, "Well, hello, Mister Mosley. Um, take whatever you want. Well, I guess I'll take this big old hog here. <laughs> Motorcycles, cool." <laughs> I'm at, I'm at car, name of motorcycle, <laughs> name of car, you know, <laughs> you know? Uh, but as part of the treasure hunter package, you also get a set of binoculars, um, and a shovel, uh, which is yes. very, very ominous. When you put the shovel in your pants, it's very funny. Like you just kind of shove things into your model. Yeah. Like it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I have to feed this to my hip. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hungry, hungry hip. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's a small little detail as you're exploring, trying to find these pieces of um, uh, the, the, the pieces of the costume. You can actually go up on top of a tower. It's Tour Magdalene. Um, and you can see that Bukeli is um, surveying the town with binoculars. Pretty much everybody is posted up with binoculars spying on everybody else. 
Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a hint before you get the binoculars. Yeah. You know, that this is this is how you're going to use this. Mm-hmm. Another thing, once you get the, the motorcycle and you can explore, this is a cool thing. Again, I like this when you're doing investigative shit, uh-huh. is that you see uh, Wilkes drive by, and mm-hmm. you have this option in your menu, like when thing, people drive by, you have to go to a place where he's going to drive by, and you can follow him. Yeah. Um, and he goes to a place called uh, Le Hermitage. Yeah, the Hermitage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's um, that? The grill. <laughs> um, but if, I just I'm going to set a precedent right now that if there's a French version of a thing, we're going to say the French word once. And then if I just say the hermitage later, that has to be OK. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, like the like the following thing is good. Like this is a way that you find new locations. It's the way your map is filled in mm-hmm. a lot of the time. But yeah, you go to the the, the hermitage. Wilkes, Wilkes is up there um with a with a survey machine it's like a, a ground pounder um <laughs> and gabriel knight can't stop making jokes about sandworms which I, pisses wilkes right the fuck off when when it when eventually we can click on them and because the way that the uh we didn't really talk about this but the way the um conversation works in this is you get little tiny pictures mm-hmm. in your kind of context sensitive uh clicker that come down and once you've established sandworms you get this little tiny icon that's a picture of a sandworm <laughs> So you can tease him about it. It's that's so tiny sign where, yeah, that's very funny to me. Yeah. Um, but him having this, and this is the thing he's been making jokes about. When he was hitting on the tour leader earlier, he's just like, I'll go to big machine back in my room. It's a huge unit. You know, yeah. like he's just being talking about his dick. Yeah. Uh, but it's really it, this thing. It, it certainly pounds the further soil. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty gross. Uh, but he means this thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, he's kind and, of using it to look for hollows beneath the earth. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you, you, uh, Get him to admit that this is actually looking for hollows. And then you do another thing that I like in this game is mm-hmm. getting everyone associated with a bike. Yeah. Um, you write down his license plate number in your notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you can then, once Sydney becomes available, you can um, uh, associate different numbers and fingerprints with suspects. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Um, you can also follow, follow Madeline, uh, you know, in her van. She goes to a place called Combe Sarda. Um you know, and you can actually go to a nearby mountain um, and observe her kind of walking around uh, doing her treasure hunt. Yeah. yeah, which will become more important later. Like you'll see her, you know, with with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another little town nearby called Quiza. And uh, you head there and you can bribe the taxi driver. This is where you're dropped off. Yeah. And bribe the taxi driver to learn more about the men you were chasing. Right. Um, he says they drove off in a black car and they drove towards Rennes, uh, the Chateau. Uh, Le Chateau. Yeah. Shit. The, the, the Chateau of Rennes. House of Rennes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the Ren Le Chateau. Well, why don't we just say the RLC? Yeah, yeah. We're just the Chateau. We're, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah. they but they ran off toward the particular town where our hotel is and where the yeah. uh, where, where where the museum and church are. Um, yeah. So you know, because you're trying to figure out who arrived when, you go to the train station. Turns out <laughs> somebody is lying to you. Du Kelly told you that he arrived from Naples, but there's no service from Naples. He came from Rome. Yeah. You don't know they came from Rome just yet, but you right. know he's lying about where he came from. Yeah. Um, this moves us on to uh, the 4 p.m. block. Um, this is where you can go and do some spying and see Mosley and Madeline are hanging out in those hills. Yes. Um, you can go walk to them, and they're both being very cagey with each other, but there's some kind of connection between those two. Right. Um, Lady Howard and Estella are just circling the valley, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, their their movements are a little bit more uh, mysterious than everybody else's. Yeah. Um, Maybe up. Yeah. When you talk to the abbe, he says, like, oh, if you're interested in the Templars, uh, the, you know, the history around this place, you can go find this uh, this author who lives in a cabin up in the mountains. His name is Larry Chester. 
uh, immediately trustworthy because he has two uh, two first names. Uh, but yeah, you go and talk to him about Templar history, and he gives the whole spiel uh, for people who are not kind of aware of that particular history, how they left, uh, went to the Holy Land, came back wealthy, um, and ultimately got dissolved by King Philip into these two uh, kind of uh, these two organizations, the Freemasons and the Priory of Siam. Yes. Um, this kind of triggers, uh, 6 PM. Uh, when you head back to, uh, the Wren, um, <laughs> you find that Grace is there with, uh, Prince James, you know, Scott's tots, <laughs> and you can go and fill them in on kind of the details. Uh, this is where you get fired. They say like, Hey, the case is over. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're toughs, they're Scottish, um, and they're trying to get you off the trail. Like something, you know, that you learned or something that you told Prince James mm-hmm. makes him not want Gabriel to intervene. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, this is, this is above his pay grade. Like eventually, when what happens to these guys happens like prince james specifically is getting his own men involved because he does not want to share more information than he has to um just just about what's going on uh you can follow them uh to the church where they rough up the abbey um yeah 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 specifically they're talking about the order and how the order has nothing to do with the kidnapping right right he uh, the abbey's denying everything yeah um you know, so you can, uh, after they leave, the Abbe makes a phone call and you can tape it, um, just to his side, the conversation it's in French. So you'll need to get it translated at some point. And, you know, Gabriel has referred to Sydney before yeah, yeah. at this thing. Like, so, you know, that's on the table, even if you don't know Grace is necessarily coming to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everyone else while during the, during this downtime is kind of showering or eating, um, you can speak to Simone, the night clerk, and she reveals that Bukeli is the one who arrived after midnight. So again, the suspicion is being kind of shifted onto him. Yeah. 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 Which is, again, like, you know, when you look at an aggregate like this, when you're playing it, there's a lot of time between these moments, but it's kind of clever how they set up. Emilio is the prime suspect. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, Bukeli. Yeah. You know, oh shit, the Abbey. There's something called the order. You know, they do it, you know, as poorly paced as this first section is, you do get some interesting nuggets. Yeah. It's yeah. just over too long a course of time. Yeah, yeah. It's just your your suspicion wanders, but your character and you wander way too much. Yeah. To get that. Um eventually you uh the way you end this day is you tail uh, tail Scott's tots. Uh, they head to Larry's house. Um you hide behind this tree or watch them and they do this secret handshake. <laughs> they do it like three uh, times. Well they, he does it with each guy. Right. You know, so they, they do it, they do it twice and you, uh, you want to memorize this. It's very, it's shown from an angle that it's, it's easy to see what it is. Yes. Yeah. You need to replicate it later on. Yeah. So with Grace in town and Gabe off the case, uh, this takes us to day two, bright and early, 7 a.m. Uh, Gabe and Grace are sharing a hotel room, <laughs> um, and Grace is doing some work on Sydney while Gabe sleeps on the couch. There, there's one other, I can't remember where it was, but um, somewhere in there, we, uh, oh, that, that comes later, never mind. Mm-hmm. I, I thought we made the wake-up call right. yesterday, but uh, we do that, do that today. Yes. Um, so yeah, so, so Gabe wakes up on the couch. Um, you control Grace at this per- first uh, first part of the day. And you get your first exposure to Sydney. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of just browse around, um, which, like, as we mentioned before, is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go check in on the Abbey, and Grace gets to meet everyone as well, right. um, which is also kind of a clever part of the detective thing, because anyone, people start getting annoyed with Gabriel because he's really annoying <laughs> in this. But, you know, people are more polite to Grace right. and having the second face that's on the same team. Mm-hmm. 
allows you to get kind of fresh perspectives and press people a little bit harder yeah. than you would otherwise. Yeah, uh, just the, the, the people open up in different ways. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, so you go meet the Abbey on top of the tower. Um, you, you can go on the tour um, led by Madeline. Again, uh, Grace does not like Madeline. Uh, they, they tone it down a little bit. Um, she is not as kind of obsessedly jealous of Madeline mm-hmm. <laughs> like she was. If you remember, with yeah. Yeah. Gabriel Knight too, where she just, every time Gerda did anything, she just scowl yeah. at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. A l- l- little bit of a bummer back then. Um, but you know, you go on this tour and Madeline, uh, kind of gives a rundown. Like this is straight up again, educational time, um, explaining the presence of these local tombs, uh, that are, uh, that kind of show up in different paintings by Poussin, um, and a few other artists, um, and just mm-hmm. kind of like hanging out there, the possibilities of the secret meanings, um, turns out that's not garbage. That's actually true. And, and when you're here, Emilio is on the tour as well, but he leaves during this part and goes and sits on a rock. Mm-hmm. And the game goes to something kind of clever. As you're just saying here, listening to the tour, if you watch Emilio, at a certain point, he writes something in the ground. Mm-hmm. So you can go check that out later. But it's the, the point in the speech in which he does that is meaningful. Yeah. Um, so you go, and he's written the word some. Yes. Yeah. Body once told me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was he was interrupted before he could finish before he could yeah. finish the rest of that sacred hymn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Certain certain uh, certain local tombs and certain paintings by Poussin and Boots. Uh, who, <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Oh, that's that's not the name of it. I was I got Puss in Boots confused with Donkey. During Puss in Boots, Antonio Banderas as the uh, CGI Puss in Boots. Yeah, yeah. Puss yeah. Boots. Yeah. Yeah, Poussin boots. <laughs> Poutine uh, boots. Yep. Um, so as Grace, um, you know, just like Gabriel has his writer's notebook, Grace has a sketch pad. Um, <laughs> and so you can actually like go up and examine this and copy it down uh, to be entered into, into Sydney later on. Um, at the next stop, uh, Lady Howard and Estelle, <laughs> they, they, they talk very clumsily and reveal that they may have access to this kind of mythical document called Le Serpent Rouge or the Red Serpent. Um, it is this kind of manuscript that contains a riddle and everybody associated with it, uh, died after it went missing. Right. Right. But it's clear they're faking it. Yes. There. Um, you can go and talk to Mosley about the treasure and, uh, Gabriel kind of wonders what is, or uh, Grace wonders what Gabriel's up to. We cut to Gabriel who's having a dream, uh, where he's drinking the blood of Christ and someone <laughs> asking him if he wants to live forever. Uh, these do not age very well. These look like, um, legacy of Cain cutscenes to me. Yes. Like the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And not just because somebody's drinking blood. Yeah. But Gabriel has always had these kind of dreams like that. Yeah. Like he had wolf dreams in the second one and the first one he had, you know, voodoo dreams, Malia mm-hmm. dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So he just has a, a, a little touch of the shine, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, this moves us on to the second time block of the day, 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. Um, I love the idea of this. This is a pain to do. And guess who had to do this twice, Gary? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I, I I didn't find this to be a pain to do. I like this actually in general. Yeah. But I maybe not. It wouldn't have if I had to do it twice. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's just, it's just clunky. Like it's one of the one of the few times in the game where you have to wait for somebody else to do something so you do a thing. Yeah. Like as as did Snoopy did Snoopy detective work. Um, as snooping and detective work, it's really great. I like. Um, I should just stop talking around what you do. So this segment is all about breaking into everybody else's rooms. Um, in order to figure out what they're up to, see if they have any clues about their actual purpose. Um, well, and uh, and Grace left you a fingerprint kit. Yes, which is one of my favorite things in the, in this game. Actually, like it's such a simple puzzle, and it ends up not being 
super like incredibly useful, mm -hmm. but kind of going through and figure, like getting objects tied to certain people and adding them to their, their profile in the database was mm -hmm. very satisfying to me. Yeah. Well, it's also super clever that what ends up being most meaningful is a particular absence of evidence that you find. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's legitimately cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you just have different ways to break into people's room. Like, you know, your room, you know, Mosley's room, um, your room is adjoined by like a dumbwaiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get into there. So you have to get in and unlock the other side. Mm -hmm. And essentially this involves manipulating and waiting for and hiding from a maid. Yes. Yeah. You know, you, you, you wait for her to go deeper into a room, like wait for her to go into a restroom, go in and either hide on the balcony or um, just unlock the door after she leaves. Yeah. Um, in order to, uh, in order to, uh, you know, open up the entire floor to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Um, and like, even though like, so like you, when you go into these rooms and unlock, unlock the ones with the dumbwaiter, uh, you know, there's no real way to get inside. Like you can't just hide inside the dumbwaiter. Uh, what you end up having to do is like talk the, uh, talk the, the, the wait staff, talk, talk, you know, talk, talk Jean, the concierge into letting you into the kitchen to make a sandwich. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you can, uh, ride the dumbwaiter up to get into the, uh, the rooms that you unlocked. Yeah, and you do you do so while being extremely horny for nurse, yes. or not nurse maid. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the Hello, you know, sexy maid. Halloween costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know, so you, you kind of flirt on her, and eventually, you know, uh, this ends in what I think is a very funny bit. Uh, <laughs> this is skipping ahead just a little bit. Like we'll talk about what we learned, but when you go downstairs, it's like, Monsieur, we went to the kitchen and saw no evidence of making of how you say the sandwich. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's really, really like over the top, bad yeah. fresh. Well, you think well, you, you think you're caught? No, they're just yeah. concerned that, that like that you never that you didn't get your meal. Yeah, and you're just you know what? I couldn't find the mayonnaise. It just, it's, you, you make some dumb excuse for it. It's very good. It's, it's just not a sandwich without the what stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he does say that. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I love mayonnaise. That fucking grosses me out. Um, I need that what stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very funny ending. Everyone panicking about you not eating enough sandwiches, like they're your mom. <laughs> Uh, this is really, really good. <laughs> Your service is our priority, Monsu. <laughs> so you know, to be fair, all he's uh, had so far is coffee and, like, mustache drippings from his syrup <laughs> stash, you know? So he's probably could use some like solid foods. Yeah, yeah, not a lot, not a lot of nutrients get through get through on lip osmosis. Yeah, like, Gabriel Knight has to be constipated all the time, which makes him seem like significantly, significantly less cool. Like coffee <laughs> does make chip, but there's no fiber, there's no food. You know, it's just all like liquid coffee diet. Mm, <laughs> so um, there are a few things that you can find uh, as you go into these rooms, uh, gathering fingerprints and such. Um, the the ladies, so Estelle and Lady Howard, they have um, they've got the, the, these pieces of parchment. Um, uh, Madeline has a map that seems pretty mm -hmm. significant. Uh, so you can you, take these things and go and scan them into Sydney and then put them back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wilkes is writing a book. In fact, he has a publisher um on the line so there's a little bit more to him than just being a macho australian guy mm -hmm. yeah. um you go into uh you find out bukele is a priest he has a mm -hmm. collar so he's a secret priest um and emilio has a picture of jesus next to his bed uh and you take it it's like oh it's a, a picture that will definitely have fingerprints there are no fingerprints right um and you also when uh when you ask him or when you ask uh lady estelle and or lady howard and estelle why he switched rooms they said it's because he's a muslim he needed to be closer so he could face east to pray yeah. So why has he got this Jesus picture if he's a Muslim? Why does, aren't there fingerprints here? Yeah. Um, and then there's Sandwich Gate, and then it moves <laughs> on to day two, the 12 p.m. time block. Yes. Uh, so you're continuing on the tour. Uh, you're playing as Grace. You have gone to Chateau de Serres, um, which is a winery, 
nearby mm-hmm. that is run by the most suspicious man in the entire yeah. world. Q. <laughs> so, yeah. the, the other big name voice actor in this who plays the villain is uh, John Delancey. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, he's doing like he's pretty much doing the Q voice as well. Hmm. Um, which is pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're all going to, everyone's going to get out. Emilio, again, one of your prime suspects at this point, falls ill. He says he's going to stay, hang back in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the wine party you go to was a real bore. So, you know, like, like nobody, nobody wants to talk. It's just a real bummer. You go outside and when you walk around back the house, um, you hear a baby crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming so, from the cellar. Yeah. Oh shit. So you have to do some like Tomb Raider, you know, climbing up to get into this, this open yet in the second floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the attic because uh, you can't get into the basement there um and you uh you head down in the basement um you hide in a closet from montreux who is q mm-hmm. who is the person who runs this uh and the uh the reason why he comes down is because you go and look at a chest um we know you know the viewer that's not the same chest we saw the chest mm-hmm. but, but grace doesn't know that and there's this like super creepy baby doll yep in the in the trunk like it all, all of a sudden turns into this weird like silent hill thing um <laughs> So again, you hide in a wardrobe and you see this uh, strange symbol, like this, uh, this occult looking symbol and you copy that down in your sketchbook. Yes. Yeah. They're just on the, uh, on these robes, you know, so yep. it's a, it's a, it's a wardrobe full of robes, not suspicious at all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, now that Montreux has gone down to, you know, to the boring wine party, you go down to his library and by inspecting his desk, there's a, there's a drawer that has a book called the immortals, which just talks about these people who have supposedly been around forever, but there is an insert. There's a, there's like a note inside that is like tracking the whereabouts of this one particular person across the millennia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, when you see the, uh, you look at the, this portrait of Montreux that's on the wall. There's something weird at the eyes. They kind of sparkle. Mm-hmm. And when you look, there are these tiny little like pictures reflected that show like this kind of half man and half grail. Yeah. That's there. They're kind of superimposed. Mm-hmm. So again, if you know what this is leading towards, it's laying on a bit thick. Yeah. You know that, that, that you know, it's a vessel. It doesn't have to be a cup. Right. Um, but man, what a wise, what a wise grail. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, but it is <laughs> the holy cup. Yes. Um, I am the nation's top cup. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, so you, you see that and it kind of, again, another little hint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually you find a button like this is a little, like, it's weird to say a pixel hunt in a polygonal game, but, uh, there's like a tiny button under the desk that turns on a secret laser grid. The, that... This button, I have real problems with this button because you have to maneuver your camera under the desk uh-huh. in a way that like, I didn't know that you had vertical control of your camera. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was just using WASD, but you can actually shift up and down. Yeah with it uh which works more with the mouse like if you're controlling it um there's like a different kind of control scheme with this i think you can use the mouse and you uh, you uh hold down shift mm. to move uh your camera instead of the cursor okay and you know and that way it makes it much easier if you're just doing WASD like i was you have to like dip your camera under the desk mm-hmm. and i didn't i had to look through a walkthrough i couldn't find this at all i was like i felt like i was stuck here for quite a while actually yeah yeah so. like once you turn on the laser grid it eventually becomes clear that like okay there are five points just connect all of these it forms a pen- yeah yeah forms a pentacle that opens yep. up a uh, that opens up a spiral staircase down um into the cellar <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yep. Most of the doors down here are locked. Uh, it is, you know, kind of like leading you to this one room at the end, um, you know, part of the winemaking facility where there is a very creepy old woman. It's a it, it is a stowaway from a David Lynch production who like gets right up in your face and starts screaming about Palm Blue, uh, Palm Blue, Palm Blue, um, yep. which is just <laughs> she's just saying grapes over and over again. 
And the um, the baby cry you heard was a wine press. Uh-huh. Which, like, I rolled my eyes pretty hard at that. Yeah. <laughs> You're okay. I know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think we are going to find the baby this soon, but, like, It sounds like dumb. a Scooby-Doo thing. Like, yeah, like, here's your first clue that isn't a baby. It's the exact same sound every single time, and it's happening rhythmically. <laughs> right. You know, babies, babies aren't like an alarm clock. You don't like turn them on and they just make the exact same cry over and over and over. No, if no. that happens, put that fucker back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, he's it's not a done. Bad, it's a bad son. <laughs> you got a case of bad son. Oh, see, there, there's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's your problem. This one set this shit. <laughs> oh, the yeah. fourth of the fourth of shit. Um, yeah. The fourth of shit. That book is so good. It's so good. I, I love it. It. Yeah, it, it's it's so different. We're talking about sidebar. We're we're talking about the the book that Drill put out. That is just it's just tweets. his tweets. <laughs> but they by it's such a genius move to arrange them by subject. Yep. Because it just it they they have a different effect than just having them pop up in my Twitter like uh-huh. you know, once every two days. Like reading them back to back all on the same subject. <laughs> they form like it's such a good like voice. Uh-huh. Like not you know not to talk very seriously about the the you know the world's best shit poster, but like. Uh-huh. It gives this consistent voice to it. Yeah. I, I, I kept thinking about during it, like, oh, I want to read it. I'm not going to do this because it would take a lot of time, but compiling like the biography of Drill based on t- entirely on everything that we know <laughs> in that book, like how many sons, how many wives, how, where did he work, yeah. from what times, what wars has he fought in, you know, what's the exercise routine? Like, you kind of get a picture of a character almost. Yep. And it's very fun. Yeah. Like, just extremely a, good. It, the, 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 this incredibly passionate, weird man. And he keeps talking. He keeps using "pud" or "dick," and I want to bring <laughs> yeah. that back real bad. Like it is very good because, like, "pud" is it's it's not sexy, and but it sounds like it's like less percussive and less harsh sounding yeah, than "dick." Yeah. It's yeah. just "pud." Pud. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just I was like, you know, I was just washing my pud. You know, like even things you can do with the pud. <laughs> yeah. I just like, really, you know, just roll that around your head for a little bit and see if you want to join me. Yeah, just roll, listeners, roll that, that roll, roll that pud around in your head. Yeah, that, yeah, just 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 <laughs> just get a, get a good from look at that pud and then just think about it you know yeah, yeah. but between that and the liar town book this has been an amazing year for uh for uh bound and printed versions of things you could otherwise get for free yeah which is like the the you know the way you experience something changes the the content of the thing mm-hmm. you know the, the, the medium is the message like it is a thing where uh it makes a difference yeah but it's i feel i feel like an idiot just like laying in bed you know it's like 1 a.m i'm tr- i can't sleep so i'm just reading drill tweets and laughing trying not yeah. to wake up my downstairs neighbor <laughs> laughing like an idiot yep um and this has been ponder and pud yeah with gary cole back to your regularly scheduled <laughs> yeah now we ponder ponds blue podcast uh, <laughs> podcast podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's more object suffering object suffering is a podcast that is the, what the nation's premiere the nation's top <laughs> podcast um but yeah uh, you know the, the old woman chases grace out of the uh, out of the cellar um as you're leaving though you're dry you drive by this landmark called uh the devil's armchair and everybody is horrified because well scott's tots those two hired goons uh they're dead we well, leave uh, with the tour group too. Yes. So yeah. everyone sees this. Everyone comes across them, and they've been they've been exsanguinated. Yeah, their throat their throats are cut. They are blue because there is no blood left in their bodies, and they're just kind of strewn over the rocks. Yeah, and this is around where the game picks up. Yeah, like I I like the detective shit breaking into rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, for me it was kind of where it picked up. But right around here, it's like okay, the plot has some blood. You know, no no irony intended. No. And the uh, you know, the pacing picks up here. So it, it, you know, the, up until this point, it's been pretty boring, and that's mm-hmm. you know 
pretty inexcusable. Like I'm not going to go to bat for that. No. I will say that if you do decide to play this, um, which again I don't necessarily recommend you do, but if you do, like it does get better. Yeah, yeah. Like like up to this point, it is a boring vacation that you experience vicariously. Yeah, love yeah. this. And yeah. now it, it has a pulse. Yeah. Um. So at two p.m. on day two. Uh, you know, you've snooped around and you can ask about the murders, you know, different people have reacted and people are more commenting on how other people reacted. Like everybody is suspicious um, mm -hmm. and everybody is, you know, suspicious of, of each other. Okay. It's like clue. Yeah, like, of course they are. You know, it, it's like one of those people is probably the murderer. Not mm -hmm. that, you know, there's, there's towns nearby, <laughs> but we don't actually see any of those people. Yeah. Like... yeah this, this area is strangely devoid of life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so you can go out to the devil's armchair. Uh, Mosley is there and the band's back together. You know, yeah. it, is, it is you and Mosley investigating a murder for the first time since Nolan's. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a part here where you can ask Mosley what he's doing here. And there's all these points where get, that's like, no one is remembering that Mosley is a cop. <laughs> right. You know, he, he's even really strangely hands off with this. And I'm like, man, you're a fucking cop. Yeah. Like, this is, this is what you do. <laughs> like, maybe there's a reason for that because he, he tells Gabriel, like, hey, you know, keep it yeah, on don't the down tell low. Yeah, like people just act differently around you when you're a cop. So I think it's even to Gabriel though. I think that like at some point, you know, Gabriel asks him like, "What are you doing here?" Like, <laughs> Fuck, man! Like, what are you doing here? Like, the murder. Yeah. Um, but a, uh, a a big thing about this body is you know when like where 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 did all the blood go? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know like all the blood has been safe safely collected into a little hole nearby. Uh, Mosley says it's like Felix Unger meets Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah, it's very neat. And you can look and see uh, you know where they were. Like there are no footprints. Mm -hmm. You see these uh, these marks that look like knee prints. Yeah. Um. So it, the, the the two victims were kneeling and got drained into this pit. Yeah. Uh, and there are no other footprints. Right. We really learned that because the, the assailants float. Yes. Gabriel actually has a vision right here. Like when you inspect yeah. this again, like he has a vision of these road figures hovering off the ground. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is extremely ritualistic. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Madeline shows up and she's like, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? She's, you know, casting shade, mm -hmm. but nothing really comes of that. Right. Right. Um, but once she gets here, you can't really get back into the uh, the crime scene again. Yeah. Um, the most suspicious figure right now, the one who, uh, you know, is, is most kind of, kind of embroiled, uh, in this, uh, in this stuff is Larry Chester because these two men who, you know, who were killed, uh, pretty much Larry's the last person they saw. Right. Yeah. So you go yep. and you can talk to him about the Freemasons and he kicks you out for spying on him. Um, right. you know, like you identify that he's a Freemason because of the, uh, because of the, uh, the handshake that, that, that he does. Um, yeah. and you know, as you. Um, are leaving you watch him through a window he messes with this strange box he, he sets an alarm on his alarm clock and he leaves yeah so you, you have to look and see what time he set it for so use this coat hanger to uh flip the box around mm -hmm. and see that's set for 2 a.m so you set up a, a wake-up call right uh, it always bothered me because you set it for 2 a.m as well yeah <laughs> instead of like 1 30 so you can get there You're right <laughs> like he's gabriel yeah. but yeah you set up wake-up call mm-hmm um, but yeah, you, you, you return to the hotel room, you know, Grace and Mosley are here. It's time for you to compare notes. Um, Grace mm -hmm. has been reading the book about the grail and she gives more of a history lesson about the Masons, the Priory of Sion, the Templars, um, and kind of this theory that they're operating on. Not only that, uh, the grail is a metaphor for the bloodline of Christ, you know, these descendants who are still walking around today, uh, but also the fact that Prince James is a claimant to that bloodline. Right. Um, and she actually, we, we skipped over this, uh, somebody gave us the book, 
Oh yeah. It was like, yeah, left, it was it was left mysteriously in the room or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also where you can uh, recreate the handshake with Mosley. Mm -hmm. Um, so you kind of test your, your memory to, to do that. I don't know if that's essential, uh, but you get points for it. So yeah, yeah. if you remembered it, um, so you want to go talk to Montreux. If you just go and talk to Montreux, which I did, uh, they won't let you in. It's locked up. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can go to Sydney, which also pr prints a variety of illegal fake IDs. Yeah. Which is great. I'm going to get a fake ID and go do some real murders. You all know who I am. <laughs> the, uh, the, so like, uh, you can pretend to be uh, for the New York Times. There are a bunch of different options. Uh -huh. um, I remember this from when I was young, so I did the New York Times one, but I don't know if other things will get you in there. You can, you can like print out an ID from like Field and Stream. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. So, something like that. It's so it's some kind of sports or fishing game. Well, like, yeah, go the, the field and stream you wouldn't like use to get in. I wouldn't think that would work, but you can just, you can do various law enforcement things too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and you don't, you don't try that. So I, I just knew which one it was, but I don't mm -hmm. know if it actually stops you from printing or you get there and they make some kind of excuse. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if there's dialogue around that. Like if you just bring obviously the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the, but the idea is like, you need to pretend to be important enough that Montreux, an incredibly rich and vain man would make the time to come see you. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> So this is hilarious because the last person you would believe is a wine critic is Gabriel Knight. Yeah, um, yeah. You go there pretending to be, you know, uh, a wine critic for the Times. In Montreux, he is very, very ready uh, to uh, to give his uh, to give his spiel. Um, yeah, and it's, it's pretty. This is pretty cute. This is when Gabriel's like, you know, dum dum persona works for me. Mm -hmm. There's a part where he's like, "What is viticulture?" <laughs> and, like, aren't and you Montreux, a wine critic? Yeah, like you should know. That. He's like, oh, I mean, what is it to you? <laughs> yeah, which is a very funny question. Yes, uh, but he, he kind of he explains this whole thing about uh, like immortality, like descending. You know, splicing these different different grapes, like grape strains moving throughout uh, you know generations and generations, and super creepy. Yeah, John Delancey gives a really good performance in this game, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but he does not know anything about the murders. No, no. There. Um, yeah. So you leave, you know, having reached a dead end. The only thing you know is that this guy is really, really obsessed with uh like basically eugenics mm -hmm. um he's talking about grapes but he is very very obviously talking about humans as well yeah um yep, some real mastery shit yeah yeah uh you can follow estelle to this remote place uh she's hunting treasure but she's also really hesitant to say why uh even though she just kind of like lets it slip that um you know uh, about her past with lady howard um and that lady howard's house recently came back on the market you know, yeah. she just straight up says like, nobody else can find the treasure. I need that. So we can buy the house. Yes. She's, she's a uh, empire records oh, right. but for lady Howard's uh, house. <laughs> and lady Howard was an actress Yeah, yeah. Who, who no longer is in favor. Apparently mm -hmm. that's a, that's weak. So we're getting a little bit of these backstories. Yeah. Um, call James and you say, Hey, your two men were murdered, you know? And he <laughs> says, you know, I, yeah, I'd like you to find my kid, but I can't tell you about my family's affairs. Like he's, <laughs> he's clearly like very concerned. Yeah, like yeah, he's, he's, he, he wants the he wants his kid back, but also he wants you to do so with your arms tied behind your back. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So not really fair, but he, you know, that's that's the situation we're in. Right. Um, this time block ends when you return and you know talk to Grace and Mosley about your time with Montreux, getting us into the evening where Gabriel and Mosley have gone out for dinner, and it is time for Grace to really settle in with Le Serpent Rouge. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is the uh, the parchment that you scanned. No, it's, uh, no, no, the, no, you you found it on the uh, on the door of the um, right, yeah. of the of the museum. Like somebody yeah. has explicitly left it for you, like a thesis. Yeah, someone someone taped it to a door. That's how you get this. But uh, <laughs> you know, apparently you you learned about it. You know, it's a super rare thing. And this begins Grace's 
pretty much puzzle for the rest of the game, mm-hmm. which is all through like doing research, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you go and grab the pamphlet um, and you spend most of the time through the Sydney interface. I think it's noteworthy that this game, you know, which was kind of forced to do 3D graphics, um, the strongest part is just like a text interface. Mm-hmm. Like this could have been done in Twine. Yeah. You know, more or less. And it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing that's great about this. So the way the, 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 the serpent is the red serpent, it's like a poem and certain words are, um, capitalized in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sydney has a search engine. So it's a little bit of like a, her story kind of thing. You're trying to look up relevant things. It pulls up like a Wikipedia article. Um, and you mm-hmm. click on highlighted words to kind of follow this trail and find related, related ideas or concepts. Yes. Um, it's 12 verses. The game will kind of highlight which verse you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also really generous with hints. Yes. Um, I think like if you um, use the think icon on it, like Grace will tell you more or less the next thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. She'll say but, like, oh, this seems important. Like maybe I should look at blah, blah, blah. This isn't difficult, um, which I think mm-hmm. is a very, um, a, a very wise deci- decision. This doesn't require an awful lot of smarts, but it makes you feel like a fucking savant. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the um, you you go through and you get you scan the map, Madeline's map, and through solving this riddle, you end up with a circle filled in uh, on the map um, with a grid mm-hmm. that's on it. Yeah, um, and like the the um, the verses are calling out like specific locations around the map. So like in order to lay down um, shapes or lines on the map, you have to like you know put a dot on a particular point so it'll it'll refer to a church in this particular town or this particular town and like you're trying to triangulate where something very important is hidden yeah yep and this is you only can do a few steps in a row eventually you'll get interrupted because the game want, you know does some actually good pacing for this and kind of stops you from just mainlining this riddle yeah, yeah. um wilkes comes and asks you for dinner uh or asks you out for dinner um he's being a real hornball mm-hmm. and you get him real drunk um, so to try to get him to talk about what he's found, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you better believe it, baby. You, you play your cards right. You can be Mrs. Wilkes. You know, you can join me in the, in the John Wilkes booth and uh, I'll give you a shot of my love. The, uh, right in the back of the head. As we, <laughs> That's not where the shot goes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it can. Okay. The, uh, you know, yeah, I suppose it goes where it, it goes where it will. All who wander are not lost. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> it goes where it wants. <laughs> Um, but you eventually head back to his room uh, where he shows you this printout um, where he sees that there's this huge hollow cave under the region. He's used his like earth device. Um, and then uh, he takes your hand and puts it on his crotch. Yep. Uh, so Grace uses martial arts on him. If it hadn't already been established that she knows martial arts, mm-hmm. I would have a problem with that. But I think that that he, she mentions taking classes. Yeah. Yeah. In it. Yeah. And and throughout the series, Grace has shown herself to be more than capable. Oh, like, absolutely. She, she is in no way helpless. She's the smartest person in the room, like yeah. at any given time. Yeah. Um, so she flips him on his back, like judo kicks him. Mm-hmm. And then Grace, Gabriel sees her leaving and uh, she just like uses it to make him jealous because she has feelings for Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, you know, they are combi- combative about this the entire time. Yeah. So remember that um, wake-up call to go find Larry Chester? Well, that brings us day three, 2 a.m., bright and early. Uh, Gabriel mm-hmm. gets the call. Um, this is really short, actually. You're just going and following Larry outside of his house. Um, he's walking out into some woods uh, where he has buried something. 
Uh, what he's buried is a manuscript called Most Holy and Sacred Bloodline by Larry Sinclair. So not only has he lied about the topic of his book, he is not writing about the Templars at all. Uh, he has also lied about his last name, about his identity. Yeah. Yep. And when you go to leave, a black sedan passes by. Keep in mind, that's what the kidnappers were driving. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you can't uh, you can't follow them right. back to where they're going at this point. Um, I can't exactly remember why. I think you just you just see it go too quick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe you can, and I just didn't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't remember being able to. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you just head back uh, back home with this book. Um, leave it for Grace, because she does the research. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a dream about these hooded figures killing a unicorn by slitting its throat and collecting its blood in a cup. Right. And the one who drinks it grows a unicorn horn, mm-hmm. which would have been a cool, creepy cutscene if the graphics were better. <laughs> right. If, if, if it was not like, uh, you know, let's pose your models. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Gabriel wakes up from this very strange and symbolic dream and actually sees a night visitor flying in through the window um, to, you know, grope Grace. Like, essentially, I yeah. think he, he licks up between her breasts after opening up her um, opening up her shirt. Um, Gabriel is kind of, you know, it's like a night terror almost. He can't force himself up. The night visitor is gone by the time he gets up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where after three games, Gabriel and Grace sleep together. Yeah. And he gets up, he puts the, the shot and medallion on her chest, mm-hmm. which is kind of sweet and they kiss and they, they go at it. It just fades to black, Yeah, which is how all video games should do sex. Yep. Tasteful. Um, yep. And I mean, unless you're, you know, unless you're, you're playing it, you know, unless it's, it's lady killer in a bind or something about sex, but like. Yes. This is what I, I'm really glad we didn't get to see these like weird action figures. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the next morning, uh, we're at 7am day three. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, I think this is handled pretty well insofar as like, they're both like, it, it doesn't necessarily change the mission. Right. Like they're, yeah, they're, 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 both they're conflicted. not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like they, yeah. They, 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 they both just kind of want to seek distraction in, well, the murders that are taking place around them. Well, which, which is not just seek distraction, but it just it's it's nice because the the way that the kind of relationship fits in this game feels very realistic to me, where nobody yeah. is just forgetting mm-hmm. about this kid's life who's on the line. Yes, you know, you don't end up with your Metal Gear Solid like to you know New York is going to get fucking nuked. <laughs> like, stop talking about your relationship and and your shitty philosophy. Like, you don't end up with that in this game. Like, you know, things that you know people focus on the mission because there are stakes and they act like there are stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they do little sides to talk about what's going on in their personal lives, but it's never front and center. Right. I think that's fit in really well. Yeah. Um, so 7am again, bright and early grace is up. Uh, you know, grace is kind of like playing it off. Uh, like last night was a mistake, you know, it's just kind mm-hmm. of like being goofy, like, Oh, I can't believe we did that. Um, yeah. and that's all there is. Um, not too, not too Gabriel. Gabriel is sleeping. This is, if you look at him, yes. she thinks this. Yeah. 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 Um, so your first kind of step here, continuing to solve the riddle, you can go to the museum, find these postcards of paintings, um, specifically by the artist that you heard mentioned in the previous day, uh, mm-hmm. Poussin. Uh, you take these and you can scan them into uh, into Sydney and find not only uh, a couple of phrases that you can uh, translate, but also like prominent geometry that is hidden inside of them. With, with yeah. the idea being to get new shapes to to, to work onto the map. Um, when you, with those new shapes on the map, you have your circle still, and there's a coordinate that you find in the center of the circle, but you need to find that exact center. Yeah. Um, so you've seen Mosley walking around with the device and you think this might be a GPS. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to go and steal that from <laughs> Mosley's disgusting hotel room, yeah. <laughs> which the fact that it wasn't like that before, like, again, this is weird little subtext because there is, this is kind of like a little, uh, love, you know, carrot sign. 
mm-hmm. because Mosley has feelings for Grace, and it's fairly subtle up until this point. Mm-hmm. It does eventually that, that that subtext becomes supertext, but this idea that like this isn't working out, like Mosley being very depressed and just living like an absolute animal, mm-hmm. uh, is something I really like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very funny though because the GPS is located under just a uh, a pile of clothes in the middle of the room. Yeah. Gr- Grace won't search it unless you have searched literally everything else. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and then she, you know, holds her nose and finds it. Yes. Um, you go to the Hermitage and dig at those specific coordinates. There's nothing there. Um, however, uh, you there's a cave nearby, and next to this cave wall, someone's posted a note that says, "Look to he he who is known for wisdom." Right. So the cup. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so the, the the wise cup. Um. Instead, no, the one who known who's known for wisdom, Solomon. Right. Yeah. King, King Solomon. Which um, which we learned from the Serpent Rouge. Yes. Like that's mentioned there. Yeah. Uh, and you've emailed off for the specifications of the Temple of Solomon, you know, this kind of mythical temple that was under construction, but I believe never built. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, you know, it's one by four or in this case, two by eight. Like you end up like tracing out the, the, the vertices of this design um, on the on, you know, on the map. And then you use that to lay down this hexagram, you know, like a, you know, Star of David kind of shape um, to align at all these points where like meridians intersect. It's really cool. Yeah. It's hard to kind of talk through like the way that we're saying it is just, you just do the thing, but Mm -hmm. you're getting this through reading these riddles that are kind of flowery language that you have to interpret. Like it's very neat. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also find out again that Wilkes cave corresponds with this temple. So that's probably what that is. Right. Um, moving on to 10 a.m., this is when Gabriel wakes up, wakes up, puts his underwear back on, and things are super awkward between him and Grace. Like, they're not really talking about it until Mosley comes in and interrupts, and Mosley knows what's going on, right? you know, more or less immediately. Um, when you leave the room, you see Jean and Roxanne go into Wilkes' room. Apparently, Wilkes has gone missing. You overhear them. They're talking about how uh, he is no longer there, Roxanne being the maid. Again. Right, right. Like, he didn't come to dinner last night. He's just, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, so something is wrong. They're very worried, especially because people have been going missing or dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go and search. Um, you eventually find his footprints and him at uh, this mountain, this hill called Laham Le- Mort, the dead man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's been killed and drained just like the Freemasons were. So yeah. poor dude, he got racked in the nuts and then yeah. all of his blood went away. He's, 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 he's a real shitty person, Yep, but he got punished by taking all of his blood. Yeah. So that's a pretty good punishment. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think, you know, I don't know necessarily, you know, it feels like that fits the crime. Well, for being <laughs> such a fucking skis bag. Um, the, uh, but you know, he's, so he's like those two Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you go and confront Larry about this manuscript Right. Uh, and this is this is a fun scene. I like whenever a detective has been playing dumb, mm-hmm. and then they kind of do like. Eventually, there's a full-on parlor scene in this game. But I love these little miniature parlor scenes, mm-hmm. you know, where somebody like tips their hand. Yeah, uh, and you just call him on all his bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> and and what's great about this is like the truth is actually exculpatory. There's mm-hmm. you know, like there there is no reason for him to do anything with Prince James's kid. In fact, um. Larry is working for Prince James in a roundabout way. That's why Prince James's men came and saw him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, um, so, and he won't give you more information here. He won't tell you what Prince James is in. The, you know, he talks about this line of Kings, but he won't say what it is. Right. Um, everyone knows. Yeah. Like you're, t- you're talking about a, a specific bloodline in this. So, but he won't tell Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you go and talk to Mosley, like you're still, your head's all kind of clouded because of grace and you can, uh, kind of talk to him about it. And he's very frustrated with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mad at you for this and you're mad at yourself and you say, you don't know how you feel. He kind of accepts that. Um, you know, he's, they start kind of like actually talking about their feelings. And at some point they're like, 
you know, we could just actually talk about our feelings. And they both say nah <laughs> in, in unison, which yeah. I felt was a pretty good, clever, like, joke. Like, yeah. you know, one of the things about liking Gabriel Knight and him being such a shithead is, like, you're not meant to like those parts of him. No. I no. think that, you know, first and foremost, these are just supposed to be entertaining adventure games. But as far as that character goes, the arc is supposed to be him growing as a person. It's a lot like, you know, Chris Pratt or like a, a Seth Rogen mm-hmm. movie from 10 years ago. Right. You know, um, and this is part of that. Like Jane Jensen is making fun of this kind of masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and also it is a, it is a supremely arch joke that is made to kind of hand wave away. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, the fact that like, there's a direct way to get through this plot, but we can't do that because that would make for a bad story. Yep. Yeah. Like, he, if, yeah, the advice he gives Gabriel is just not to act like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, which is terrible advice. And Gabriel's like, really? Cry. You know, <laughs> go for it. that's the ticket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, so you go to Grace and you, you talk about this bloodline, um, book here. Uh, and also mention your dream about the unicorn, uh, kind of in the symbology of this, the unicorn represents, uh, this fertile Christ. Um, that has passed the line down, um, and people who have inherited this bloodline are called, uh, the disposni. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to call them the, dis- I'm just going to call them the descendants of Christ because disposni yeah. is hard to remember. Uh, the ultimate point here though, is that, you know, this huge conspiracy, uh, is that the Freemasons are trying to make Prince James, the monarch of the EU. Which I don't know enough about this, but I feel like there isn't a monarch to the EU. The, yeah, there, there there is no monarch. Um, it is it is purely a parliamentary thing. But like the theory in this is that any the 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 the, the most stable version of government for something of that size is to have a parliament and a monarch. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you know they're trying to install that. And that'd probably be a bad idea to have a king of a continent. But you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm if I'm just guessing, maybe I'm bringing my own too many of my own values to this, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of this, though, uh, Prince James has arrived. Ah, shit. Dad's home. The manuscript is missing. <laughs> it's it's no longer in the hotel room. We need to uh, we need to go figure it out. Gabe's. Well, go you ahead. see Mosley leaving with a newspaper under his arm. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is super cool. So it's like, OK, you know, I can assume, you know, that he stole it when you later go. And uh I don't know if it happens right here. It happens in a second, but you later go and you see uh, uh, the tour group leader mm-hmm. um, leaving with another newspaper under arm <laughs> yep. as well. So it's like, it's just getting passed around. People are stealing it from each other. Yeah. It's very subtle. Um, yeah. You know, just like people walking around with this, like you may notice that it's kind of strange because you hadn't seen that before, but eventually along with fingerprints, it becomes the clue you need to solve the uh, semi optional parlor scene later on. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, Moving on to the 12 p.m. block, uh, Gabriel goes out with Mosley to go uh, do, go do their ba- business while Grace stays and does you know computer work. She mm-hmm. nerds it up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you find the Holy of Holies, you know, the like in the center of the uh, the altar um, mm-hmm. on the map. Uh, the second part is figuring out using Sydney's anagram generator because, of course, it has one of those. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that this uh, that this phrase that you have found at an Arcadia ego ego at an ego yeah ego there we go ego is a waffle. Yes, I am waffle. In heaven, I am a waffle. Jesus, I am waffle. Yeah, Ick Ben, I waffle. Um, you, yeah. uh, you, you, you take the word that uh, that, that Emilio wrote down some, 
at an Arcadia, Arcadia Ego Sum, uh, it anagrams to the phrase Arkham Tango Dei Yesu, or I touch the tomb of God, Jesus. Yes. Yep. Um, third riddle, you trace out this mountain ridge that ends up forming the serpent, uh, the red serpent itself. Yeah. Or it's, it's not, it's a river. Okay. Not yeah. a, not a mountain range, but yeah, that was like, there's, you know, you kind of learn where it's at and you can see it's shaped like a little bit like a question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, you go to that go to that southwest arm of the actual hexagram. You find there's a cave there hidden by a pile of rocks. Um, and the, and you, uh, the, you there's a note in that cave, I believe. Yeah, there there, well. there are notes at both of these prominent places. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you get a note there, and then you uh, you head to the other section, uh, and that is actually fenced off. There's some private property there. Yeah. Which you know, for some reason, just because I'm in the mindset of it, I was just like, oh, this is going to turn into that Roger Rabbit plot again. <laughs> like I watched uh, I watched Hot Fuzz because oh, I've yeah. been convalescing. And then like Hot Fuzz and Chinatown and Roger Rabbit and all of the like series of media that's about people buying up property because they're going to build something there. Yep. And I was like, oh, somebody bought up this property probably because it's going to you know be Jesus Town at some point. <laughs> um, and I'm really glad I didn't turn into a another Hot it, Fuzz yeah. Chinatown into a Scooby Doo kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, I mean not even Scooby Doo, but like specifically, specifically you know that, people yeah. buying up real real estate. Yeah, yeah. Because. Mostly because of overpasses, but sometimes for <laughs> Jesus passes. Well, yeah, I say I say Scooby Doo because every Scooby Doo villain is somebody who owns a piece of land that they're trying to keep people people away from. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these notes uh, refer to like where Osiris was when the star rose over Bethlehem, and then also asking where the like who the Magi were. Like somebody yeah. is guiding Grace along by providing um, clues about Le Serpent Rouge. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, you go to this, the site that you find out and you find out this note about, uh, vampires yes. there. Uh, those who would steal the wine are still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coordinates stand over a lot of solid rocks. So you can't really dig there. Yeah. Uh, and then finally you track down this manuscript by stealing Estelle's binoculars and looking off of white rock. Um, here you can see, uh, Bukele burying it at the orange rock. Yes. Um, when you return to the hotel, Prince, you know, Prince James is there. He's looking for Gabe. You kind of, you know, misdirect him a little bit as Grace is reading the last stanza. Mosley returns, uh, and he mentions, you know, something about his secret being out. Like, you know, during this time block, he and Gabriel have been having it out. He says, Hey, like, just come meet us in the dining room. Like yep. it just, like every, everybody will, uh, come clean. And this is the, the parlor scene that you get um, where, and you don't have to get, I love how you don't have to get this correct. Yeah. Like you, you can fail this whole fucking thing and the game still continues. It's just showing like how much of the complete story did you care and deduce, you know, care to learn and actually deduce. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is very cool. <laughs> so this meeting down in the dining room, it's, it's Gabe, Bukele, uh, Madeline, Grace, and Mosley. They're all sitting around a table. You know, it's not every suspicious person because, you know, Estelle and Lady Howard, and Amelia were not around, but it, you know, everybody here has, uh, or the Abe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. everybody kind of has something to hide. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, it's set up, you're getting up and saying, all right, well, we know a menu, we, we know a manuscript is gone and you have to name who stole it first, who stole it second and who stole it third. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and a lot of things kind of come out yeah. during this. Um, this is where Mosley reveals the reason why he's here is because he's actually CIA. <laughs> He's CIA um, trained. He's CIA in training. They sent yes. him to do this because he's expendable. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And I also love this like conception that like there's a, there's a, a track from the New Orleans Police Department, like a promotion uh-huh. in the New Orleans Police Department is to be in the CIA. <laughs> it's just a higher level. Yep. 
of this. And it's also, I love how the, your relationship with Moses is kind of antagonistic because he's been lying to you and stole from you. Mm-hmm. But like Grace is like, congratulations, Moses. He's like, thanks. <laughs> you know, it's still kind of sweet. Like, the, you know, yeah. they're still friends, even if they're at cross purposes a little bit. Yeah. No, it's good. I, I, <laughs> I like that they're still friends. Um, but yeah, like the CIA has an interest in this area just because, you know, America, but, you know, butting yep. its nose into everything. Um, Madeline took it from Mosley. She's interested in it because of, um, oh gosh, she is a French secret serpent or secret Serps. serpent. Secret <laughs> service. Yeah. She is the secret serpent. <laughs> uh, she is the red serpent. Um, and Bukeli, who we saw, uh, burying this, he took it from Madeline. He's here from the Vatican, keeping an eye on a certain kind of apostate or rogue elements of the theology because you know the vatican has an interest in keeping keeping all this stuff under wraps yes yep and you can you can say like you know or should i say father bukele like you get to (laughs) confront him with the the collar and you know the fact that there's no no train you could have taken things like that well he like he straight up like he says like and you're a priest and bukele says it's not illegal for a priest to travel yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, this is not the the bomb that you think it is gabriel yeah um but nobody knows about the kidnapping yeah, and you, you believe that. Like, these eight people have other motivations for being wacky, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not the kidnapping. Right. Um, you, you you feel like you cross these people off your list, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, when the scene ends, Madeline kind of hits on you and says, like, hey, come to my room in front of Grace, like, right. kind of meaningfully. Yeah. And, and Gabriel still doesn't know what he wants, and he's still thinking with his dick. Yeah, yeah. He he, he does yeah. not, like, rebuke her and say, no, I'm with, I'm with Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are still people you need to confront. You can go up to the Tower of Magdalene and confront the Abbey about, you know, very obviously being part of the priory of Sion. he spills mm-hmm. everything he says you know it's their interest to figure out uh to get someone from the bloodline on the throne of france right like mm-hmm. and this goes all the way back to you know they almost accomplished this uh marie antoinette's kid was a descendant was a disposny uh but then the whole french revolution happened i love this line gabriel says yeah revolutions can really fuck up your long-term conspiracies <laughs> yeah that is great <laughs> Um, so, uh, the Abbe doesn't know anything really about the treasure, mm-hmm. um, but he has been leaking this information that he does know, trying to get other people to solve the puzzle for him. Right. Um, you eventually go and talk to Prince James. There's not very much new information there. Right. Um, you do find out that the Priory, you know, we know Prince James is with the Masons and the Priory and the Freemasons are in conflict, but each has some treasure that the other one wants. Right. So this, this treasure, um, essentially, and th- there's, this also it like runs in with the, with the Templars there, mm-hmm. that, that wealth that they had that they're trying to get. Like a lot of people had wealth in the past mm-hmm. that hit it. And they had these, these goals for, you know, bloodline and King of Europe. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and you're wondering where is there room for vampires in this? Yes. Yep. And we find out um, as we go and talk to Matro- uh, Montreux. Yes. You say, Hey, I need a, uh, you know, a bottle of wine for my article. Any, any of that, that excellent Merlot you shared. Uh, you go down to the cellar because Gabriel wants to see it, you know, like, ah, oh, I could get it anywhere, but I want to get it from the source. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mostly to spy. Oh yeah. You mostly know, to spy. wants to see it. Look in that basement. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is a little bit confusing. My, my, my read on this is that Gabriel accidentally breaks the bottle and cuts himself, uh, to try and tempt Montreux with his blood. Because Gabriel has a has a hunch that Montreux is the vampire and he's trying to out him and be sure. I think that's what happened too. It's clunky. Yeah, uh, and it, it's hard to tell what's you know. It's definitely intentional, but there's not very much build up to this. No, no. Yeah, um, but he does get creeped out. It's a scene that's played for for terror. Mm-hmm. Um, as Gabriel decides to leave, as Montreux like looks up his wine blood. Yes. Um, yeah. As you as you leave, you walk into the garage, which has been here this whole time, but you finally are able to get in there. Uh, you can't, you can't really see Gabriel says it's dark. 
Um, it didn't look super bright for me. I wonder if that's a monitor thing. Um, I think that it might be like a like a graphics problem. I had to do a whole bunch of setting stuff to um, to mm. get this thing to run. I think maybe that turned off lighting. So it's like inside it was bright as day, but Gabriel's like, I can't see anything. I'm like, there's yeah. a car right there, man. Your 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 eyes are closed, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you have to turn on, turn on the light. Um, you see that there's a black sedan parked here. There's also another really I didn't get this, but I read about it uh, online and like things you can miss is that. Uh, in Renlash or in the winery, mm-hmm. um, there's a, if you decide to leave the winery, you don't leave right away. You go to a, a separate kind of like landing screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't have had a reason to go here before this mm-hmm. uh, and leave, but you can see that there are actually tire treads. And when you saw, you saw the tire tracks of that black sedan mm-hmm. where there was another place you could find tire treads Yeah, yeah. and you can compare them as well. Yeah. Um, like you, you don't have to, but you can do that. Yeah, uh, I don't think that you took them from the uh, for, from the car itself. I think it's when you were inspecting some of the bodies. You yeah, can... they're at the, they're at the. I think it's a Wilkes body. Yeah, yeah, you can you can take an etching of uh, of tire tread to compare them. It's just yep. it's just good good detective stuff. Yeah. Yep, and it's here too. It's just in a hidden room that you'll never find. Yeah, or hidden screen, I guess. <laughs> right. You actually just walk in and see the sedan. Yeah. Um, so this, this time block ends with Gabriel kind of, you know, going outside, being creepy, you know, having been crept out by, by these, um, by these bats, he sees the night visitors talking with the butler, um, yeah. of this place, the, 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 the crazy gaunt corpse looking butler. Yeah. Um, and then he chases after them when they run. This was supposed to be an action sequence where you were, oh, yeah, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, where, Can you imagine? <laughs> I, that would be so bad. Yeah, like just absolutely terrible. Where you get a chase, like an arcade sequence, where you're on your motorcycle trying to outrun vampires and bats and shit. Yeah, yeah. no, thank, thank you. goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so when when you get back, you test this uh, this envelope from yeah. the Serpent Rouge that you have, and see that Estelle has also touched it. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask her about it, and she has her own copy, but it's clearly a fake. Yes, like her copy is different. Yeah, it's a forgery. So that's the uh, that 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 is the uh, theory that they had that they were trying to track down. Um, yeah, yeah. And then she, you know, they, they desperately want to see the real one, you know, so they can get the money for the for the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow Baza. He's kind of the last person that we, you know, haven't interrogated just yet. Um, you follow him to the church cemetery where you see the prince's man, like man, I forget his name. Uh, he's kind of a guy with a turban bowing to him. Yeah, um, the guy with the turban ends up being extremely important during this. Yeah, and but, it's weird. But he's never introduced by name. Well, he's in like, the graphic novel, okay. so it's like, but he just doesn't show up ever again. Yeah. And yeah, he's, so he, and he's just, he's dressed, he's like full on Prince of Persia. Like he's dressed mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, royalty. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he's bowing to Baza. Right. Um, they're talking about the baby and its blood. So you're like, oh shit, this confirms everything. Baza's, Baza's the guy. And they're mm-hmm. talking in cryptic terms about this danger that Gabriel will soon face. Yeah. Uh, Mesme is the name of the guy. Mesme. There we go. Yeah. Um, and you, you learn uh, a little bit about this. He's the one who's been leaving you clues. Um, he is with, uh, the brotherhood is what they're called. And Montro and his men are vampires who want the Holy blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Baza gives his backstory. Um, we're playing as grace at this point, uh, gives the backstory. Um, you know, this mm-hmm. brotherhood has been watching over the bloodline from Jesus. Um, you know, like even predating Jesus waiting for the Holy one, this, uh, the, the, this being called the Kanash Kania, somebody who will master the infinite. Uh, the last one who appeared was 2000 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So yep. the, like the brotherhood were the people who matched to marry with jo- Joseph. So they could, you know, so they could birth this, you know, this Messiah at the conjunction of Jupiter and Mercury. Mm-hmm. Manger with no e, second E would be a good dating app for them to use. <laughs> like M-A-N-G-R dot com would be how you match up. Yep. Joseph and Mary. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very limited appeal on that app. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it just, it's just a lot of like Hebadias and, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Ruths and just like putting them together and just nothing happens. That's how you get all that beginning. <laughs> the beginning of the yeah, Bible. It's yeah. a lot of people using the manger app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I've come around. Uh, okay. It's fine. Yeah. Counterpoint. Uh uh. <laughs> But yeah, uh, the, you know, the brotherhood took, took Jesus to Egypt, you know, to, to, to learn the ways to kind of, you know, be trained as the Kanash Kanya. Uh, however, Jesus also studied the Torah, um, and kind of leaned on these prophecies and figured that he was the Messiah and he wanted to fulfill all of them, including dying for mankind's sins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the, the vampires come in, they have the, the blood samples, that the brotherhood has taken uh, yes. in the story. The vampires come in. Yeah. Um, certain priests have sampled the wares mm-hmm. uh, and Sine convinced Ali to drink Jesus's blood so they could both live forever. Right. Um, Sine and his sect were exiled and they formed the adepts, which are all the vampires. Yes. Uh, the adepts didn't realize that Jesus went to Jerusalem um, until the crucifixion, right? Like they, they just couldn't stop this from happening until it was too late. Um, and if the modern day adepts get a hold of Charlie's blood, that's why he was kidnapped. Uh, Montro will kind of fulfill another set of prophecies and become the king of the world. Rex Mundi. Yep. Dark Jesus. Yes. Like mirror match Jesus. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then Gabriel shows up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Palette swap Jesus. Yep. The, uh... <laughs> So we have, now it kind of becomes a race. Like we're in the, firmly in the end game here. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get to the temple as soon as possible. So Gabriel, Mesmi, and Mosley decide to go. Um, Grace is going to you know be your handler mm-hmm. back at back at Sydney. Um, and this is where the uh, the action sequence that <laughs> all adventure games feel like they need to end with. Yep. Uh, for some fucking reason, um, you know. It, I mean, Kellans didn't do it, but like both Gabriel Knights did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quest for Glory did it. All these games have these like you know action sequences with time puzzles and death because people don't know how to end adventure games. People don't know how to raise the stakes in yeah. a way that feels satisfying in a way that people who like video games have come to expect. So like, this is pretty bad. I didn't have that much of a problem with most of it. Yeah. Uh, but I also like was pretty walkthrough heavy at yeah. this point. Like, just like, I just want to know, I know what these kind of puzzles are going to be. They're all going to be like, notice the thing and do it in time. Mm hmm. And I just want to know to do that. I don't want to like hunt around for it and just do a bunch of loading. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to have to like restart stuff. It yes. just does, that doesn't feel like it, like it should be a part, part of the experience. I was no. kind of like, so I was editing this on the fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is a great, uh, the, like Tim and Ericism in the notes you have here where he's goes to find the thing and he falls into a crevice and instead of dipshit, uh, you may a typo in his dips hit. You have like a dips hit. <laughs> like a dips hit. Yeah. <laughs> Dip, dips hit. Um, yeah, but, but he falls. Fortunately, the entrance is a slide. Um, the voice work that is done whenever Gabriel falls or dies is amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get this, this first puzzle here. I actually kind of like, this is really good. Um, I wish that you weren't doing it in the Gabriel Knight interface. I wish it was like a panel or something. Yeah. Cause you end up in, in front of this chessboard. That's another motif that we've seen mm-hmm. uh, here. And you have to uh, mark, like there are like skull squares and sword squares. You have to get all the sword squares, but uh, you are a knight. Like there's a hint that talks about a knight. You're a Gabriel Knight and you can mm-hmm. only make knight moves 
uh, work on your night moves uh, <laughs> on the chess set. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're, you know, you're, you're doing the, you know, two up one over uh, trying <laughs> to hit all of these. When you, when you jump on a white square, like those are one use only um, after you jump away, those go, you know, like that, that, that falls away. So like, this is kind of a long puzzle, um, but you know, there, there, there are a couple of points where there are a few valid moves that you can make. So there is room for you to like actually puzzle it out. Yeah. There are a lot of solutions to this. Yeah. It's it's like a Zactronics game almost. Yeah. Like the, I think I, I read online the most efficient, I think the lowest number of moves is like 24, mm-hmm. but you can, I think mine was well over 30 Yeah. when I did it. So you can, you know, cause I'm not, I wasn't super good at it and I also didn't care to do it great. But like, um, it's also something to, to where it helps to paper prototype this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I drew out like a little, it's very, pretty rare that I make physical notes yeah. when playing games. So I made a little uh, notepad to, to try this in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is pretty cool. The second one, which is more obnoxious, yeah. uh, is this big spinning disc in the middle with this, uh, sense fortress pendulum <laughs> going back and forth. And you just had, this is just timing. Yeah. Uh, you know, to get in there, which I do not like timing in adventure games. I don't like timing or time puzzles. No, you just have to pay attention and and notice that the pendulum always reaches its furthest extent on the left when a when one of the blocks with a symbol is underneath it. Yeah. Yep. So you, you climb onto the the pendulum to get off into this middle section where you have this little uh, kind of uh this scale you have to balance and every time you do uh, the wrong thing the pendulum gets closer to you another pendulum drops down. Mhm. This slice you in half. Um, did you lose this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the the death things in here, as much as I, I don't like that, that's how they raise the stakes, are amazingly brutal. <laughs> like the demon that comes later, when that, there's a demon. Uh, when, the, when the demon that comes later that kills you is amazing. Uh-huh. And this is amazing too. Just like Giro Knight having his head bifurcated yeah. <laughs> horizontally is just like oh yeah. jesus christ <laughs> it's it, it is it is a huge tonal shift i have yeah. to wonder if it's just because the animator was so sick of this shit and so angry <laughs> at the work yeah. that he was doing that he's like i'm going to figure out the most brutal way to do this it's, it's pretty amazing yeah um uh this cuts away after you've solved the scale puzzle it cuts went back to the uh the hotel room you know grace is musing you know kind of about the 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 differences between the vampires and this um biblical figure of the wandering jew right this right. Which, you know, which you has come up before yes like yeah. as a thing and this, the, the story of the wandering jew is like uh he mistreated jesus in some way i can't remember and jesus like more or less cursed him to walk the earth mm-hmm. forever like gave him immortality as a curse yes um, which was a Bible story. I've heard the the wandering Jew before, but I didn't know that Bible story, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, you know, and that's a, that's very off brand for Jesus to me. Yes. Like pre- preacher does that to somebody in the preacher comics. Uh-huh. <laughs> like essentially, you know, I'm like, Jesus, you know, that doesn't seem like something that, you know, God would do. Yeah. But, but here we are. This is the second game in a row that mentions the wandering Jew because there's a, yeah. there's a plant in Callahan's, uh, that, uh, that is called the wandering Jew. And they like, well, why is it called that? And then it goes into a huge string of plant puns, but yeah, weird um but you know grace is kind of amusing about this like okay how does that fit into this and then we get a couple of kind of scenes here baza uh he's ali he's somebody who was present at the um at the crucifixion Mm -hmm. um kind of jesus's best friend from his from his training as part of the brotherhood um and in order to preserve the power of the kanash kalia uh he drank some of jesus's blood and that's how he became immortal that is you know like the, that is how baza became the wandering jew yeah so when you talk about big swings in this plot that, that this guy who's been your number one suspect is a fingerprintless immortal yes who's just been hanging out with you the entire time. <laughs> yeah. great grace notices your fingers are so smooth 
Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you go back to the uh, to Gabriel. The next chamber is this big hexagram, mm-hmm. um, where there's a, like the puzzles are all about this uh, duality right. thing. We learn that that's like a sacred principle here between mind and body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, at some point, you have to choose between there's there's two mirrors, mm-hmm. um, one that shows you you know as you are, and one that shows you as an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something where like I don't know what the word is for it, but in these kind of puzzles, like the Holy Grail puzzle. Uh, there is a way to short circuit every puzzle like this, where it's just like, choose the one that's bad. Yes. You know, they're not going to make the one that's good, the right answer. Yeah. So yeah. if there's two options and this is your puzzle, you more or less don't have a puzzle. <laughs> right. You know, like yeah. I just chose the one that was bad because I knew it wouldn't be the one that was good. I don't remember what the actual internal logic was. No. Or choosing the old one. I think it's there, you know, because yeah. the stuff has been good at showing its work like that. But like, yeah, but I, 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 I think the logic is one shows Gabriel as he is and the other shows him as he will be. You, you cannot choose something that is exactly like you and still achieve duality. You have to have the young and the old. I yeah. think that is the logic. That's what I followed anyway. Possibly. Yeah. You know, but it's it just like, if, you, if you're ever in like, you know, if you're looking at grails, just pick the non-obvious one. Mm-hmm. You know, get the get the 7-Eleven Slurpee cup instead of <laughs> the, the, the bejeweled ruby chouts, you know? <laughs> the, the actual vessel of the humble carpenter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a Gatorade that's been frozen at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next the room after go, what's that they said the gulpiest of gulpies <laughs> the next room is just straight up almost exactly something from indiana jones and the last crusade um yeah. there are um kind of two ways across one is a bridge that looks like it's complete the other um is kind of a semi-invisible bridge that is made up of these tiles that phase in and out of existence yeah. Um, if you try to cross the actual bridge, Gabriel falls. Of uh, course. And and that yeah. is brutal in its own particular way, too. <laughs> I also yeah, love this. He goes scary. like, ah! And then Moses says, damn, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> but again, you can't choose the one that looks good. Right. <laughs> I mean, the only game that subverts that is uh, Shadowgate. Oh, yeah. Where there's like the rickety rope bridge and then there's the uh, regular bridge. <laughs> and the regular bridge is fine. Yes. Um, and you'll fall on the rickety rope bridge if you don't like levitate across it, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just had to, you had, this is just timing. Uh, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, you have to make your timing. The, the trick here is the, the platforms appear for a second and mm-hmm. then disappear and then come back a second time a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your platform you're on has a timer, but you can't jump to the first one you want. Right. Or the first one you see. Yeah. So, um, um, but on, yeah, the, on the other side is this huge wall of energy called the veil. Um, the others have followed you. So it's you and Mesme, uh, you, you Mosley and Mesme, um, and the night visitors appear, uh, Mosley and Mesme, they say, Hey, we'll take care of this. You go ahead. Um, Mm. and you go into kind of the center ritual chamber, you know, in this temple of Solomon to face down Montreux, who is menacing a very strange looking Charlie with a knife. Yeah. This baby's really bad looking. (laughs) Like it makes the baby in fallout four look great. Yeah. Well, also it's a huge baby. Like it's a very, very big, it's about the size of a man's torso. Okay. Yeah. I feel feel like whoever is actually going to be the, the, the king of Kings. Yeah. To be like a baby twice the size of a normal baby. (laughs) You're like a long baby. How else would you know he's better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bigger is better when it comes to Rex Mundy's. Yeah. The, um, me Rundy's? Me Mundy's? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Use, use offer code, watch up fireballs, me Mundy's. <laughs> yep. The, the king of underwear. <laughs> the, um, so yeah, huge baby. Yeah. Uh, and we've learned uh, uh, Montreux summons Asmodeus, the guardian of treasure, well, uh, who he, we've also learned about before as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he doesn't just summon Asmodeus, the guardian of treasure. He summons Asmodeus, the guardian of treasure. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird. And now there's a demon. So again, yeah. big swings, right? 
Um, yeah. The demon has this, this weak point, um, which they, they kind of hint here. So, uh, and you learn that uh, Grace tells you if you kill the demon, you kill the summoner. Right. Um, so the trick here, uh, the weak point that you have to know is just because of everyone kind of being slit, has their throat slit, mm-hmm. you know, before. So you show them your medallion. You can always do that to buy time. Right. Um, as it kind of chases you around the room. This is a very clumsy, you know, action sequence, I guess. Um, but the trick is to show it to your medallion so it looks up, like holds its hands, and then you slice its throat with your dagger. Mm-hmm. You want to uh, die at least once because he picks up Gabriel by his head and then shakes yeah. him to snap his neck, and then he folds yeah. like a towel. <laughs> yeah, he jim uh, he jammers him or whatever those things are called. Yeah. Jabba, those toys that you can shake when you don't shake babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you, yeah. you you slit his throat and then Montreux, um, you know, his throat is slit in the process um, and he falls over. His final words are, it's holy blood. It's holy blood. He was this close to getting what he needed. Yep. Uh, and that, that we're in the ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Mesme and Mosley join you. They've dispatched the vampires. Um, he says, hey, raise the, the lid on the tomb um, and your eyes flash red. Mm-hmm. And we get this flashback and this is fucking bonkers. Yes. Like everything about this is really silly. Uh, this crow is eating meat off of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, who's there. Um, like just like you're casting a voice actor for Jesus in a, in a Gabriel night game. <laughs> but this Roman guard comes up and says like, hey, I didn't know it would be this bad. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> and Je- Things you know, got way out I, of hands. Yeah. How can I make this up to you? <laughs> Things got way into your hands. <laughs> the, um, you know, how can I make this up to you? And Jesus is like, listen, you know, if you really want to make it up to me, uh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> uh, no, he, he says, if you really want to make it up to me, um, dedicate your bloodline. Um, cause in the future, I'll need one of your descendants. Yes. Um, you know, if you, if you'll do that, if you'll be part of this thing, then you'll, I'll forgive you. Um, Jesus kisses the hilt of his sword and this is why there are shot Yeah. This is Gabriel's ancestor. Jesus is servants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus is protectors. I didn't remember this for one fucking moment. From uh-huh. when I played this when I was young. Yeah. And my face when I was like, oh, all the shot niggers work for Jesus. Yep. <laughs> like, it's so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, so in this in this instance, Jesus is actually, you know, an agent of, of the light. Uh, you know, he is like a, a servant of the infinite, right? You know, set against the shadow. However, it is hard not to look at this as like, oh, so you're just like Vatican assassins or something? It's like, mm-hmm. it's it's explicitly not that, but it's hard not to read it as that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The official shadow hunters of Jesus. Um, <laughs> Baza says, "You know, I have to. I have to go to the master now. He has to go check in. I remember when one path to your destiny is blocked, another will, will appear. Um, to or he, she says it's to Grace. Yeah. And yeah. previous to this, Grace had been talking about. There have been hints about how she's been trying to get uh, Gabriel and her to go to the Schottenjäger like academy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in India." She looks at this picture that he she had taped to the monitor for Grace to look or for Gabriel to look at. Mm-hmm. And it's like maybe I'll go to Schottenegger Academy. Mm-hmm. So like, is she going to learn to be a Schottenegger? I think because so. that's, that's what I thought. This was, was going to be the cool spinoff where like maybe Grace gets to go do this like yeah. Gabriel shit. This, so th- this is this is all presented incredibly subtly. Like there there yeah. there is stuff that Baza has been telling her. You know, as he's been as he's been talking about this. Like at one point he says, "Well, you're going to have to make sure you take care of yourself." Um, mm-hmm. you know, which is something that you say to somebody who's definitely going to be having a kid, the implication, yeah, yeah. The, the implication being that she will be the mother to the next line of shot yeah. Um, however, Gabriel or grace is like, no, fuck that. Why would I do that? When I could just go become a shot myself, I've proven myself to be more than more than capable of doing this. Yeah. Badass. Like, like grace is great. Yeah. Um, I like grace. And when they, when they, you come back, um, well, you no, know, we, we, point, yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk about this. They're, they're still in the oh, tomb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So Baza shows up. He walks very fast, uh, goes there to lift the body out of the tomb. And Giant Baby uh, glows, or Charlie walks by. Uh, uh, here, <laughs> no, uh, he he walks by Charlie with uh with 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 the body. Charlie glows as this happens. Jesus's body is the treasure that they're looking for. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They they find Jesus. Yeah. Uh, here, pretty <laughs> fucking weird. I wish that you could that that would have been like a part of a puzzle and you put him in your inventory <laughs> and you had to like stick him by a hole to make a cat hole or something like that. I don't know. Like <laughs> just like having him in your inventory. There's a thing in Baldur's Gate one where uh, there's a kidnapped son mm-hmm. or a missing son, and you go do the quest. And then you get the body mm-hmm. uh, for the kid. Like the kid dies, you get there too late. Yeah. But it's just in your inventory, and like you have like a potion and a stack of arrows, and then this like little drawing of a dead kid, <laughs> and then a short sword, <laughs> and then a scroll of fireball next to each other on your little inventory pane, and it's very funny. Yeah. Well, there's the there's the puzzle in um, in Gorister's scenario, and I have no mouth and I'm a scream, where you're carrying around your mother-in-law, yeah, uh, yeah alive yeah. in your inventory, and you can talk yeah. to her. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I forgot about that. So you, everyone heads back at this point. Um, and Gabriel, at this point, had decided to be with Grace. Like, yes. at some point, they, they show like him thinking about it. He's like, you know, you know what? I'm going to settle down. Um, he's going in. Madeline rushes and is just like, oh, you, you solved it. You know, let me go give you a congratulatory blowjob. And Gabriel says, no. You know, I've got somebody else in mind. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. You're awful. Yeah. Um, you think it's going to be this moment of catharsis when they're finally together. But when he returns to the hotel room, Grace has left a note. Uh, so she's going to go again, go kick ass. Yes. And Gabriel is left alone because you fucked around yep. for too long. Yep. Yeah. And uh, then you get your credits right after the credits. There's a scene where lightning strikes a section of wall in this garden and a unicorn runs through it. Yeah. Which is probably a metaphor for the C-section <laughs> that Grace is going to have. I don't, don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Somehow the, the, this, this Christ bloodlet is going to escape into Gen Pop. Escape into Gen Pop. But that's Gabriel Knight 3. Yeah, which, which is like, it's such a hard game for me to evaluate because like, obviously I have affection for the stuff, the characters in it and everything. Um, it's like, I don't think anyone should play it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not good. I think that this is another one of our service episodes. Yeah, I would say that. Like, like watch out for fireballs as service. Like, mm-hmm. listen to us talk about it. Um, I think you'll get most of what you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, um, it just, you know, it sucks that they were forced, that they were forced to make as many compromises in the name of modernizing this when, if this was presented, even as a Grim Fandango style, you know, 3D characters against pre-rendered backdrops, you would still have the ugliness inherent to the art style. Uh, It Mm. would just be like eminently more playable, I think, if that was the case, if it had a more kind of a more standard 2d presentation like the bones are there and they could have they they could have accomplished far more ambitious stuff if they weren't just dedicating all these resources to making a 3d world right yeah i don't i don't know if i'm you know how popular opinion this is but i don't actually like how grim fandango controls really at all like the only thing i like about grim fandango is the writing yeah i don't like the puzzles i don't like the way it looks i don't like the set i mean the way it looks is fine but 
I don't like the the, the puzzles or the game aspects yeah, of it yeah. actually at all. But but like you so know, it's you know what I mean though. Like if it would like if they if they needed it to be three D, they could have done the hybrid approach and had it be you know as just all had it come across. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have you know both of those games I wish were just traditional adventure games. Yeah. You know, and this was before that kind of came in style. Like this is an interesting game to kind of learn about uh, a change in kind of gaming culture or developer values where like there are definitely people who are chasing the um you know the next graphical you know watermark and everything and trying to look cutting edge but the pie has gotten so big that there are tons of people who just aren't no you know if, if this had been made today like it could have been like a wadjet games kind of thing where they just mm-hmm. make them look old and people they do have a market mm-hmm. you know um bring that budget down like if this had just been made 10 years later yeah i think it could have been really good mm-hmm. as is it's hard not to think about because as we mentioned like the controls and graphics of this are something that you get used to and are not mm-hmm. the main problems with it I think that it, I also don't think that like Jane Jensen all of a sudden doesn't know how to make a good adventure game. Mm-hmm. I think that she is hamstrung by that and resources were spent where they shouldn't have been. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there, I, I mean, I think is there, there a jet flying over? There is actually like some kind of plane. Oh, weird. I'm surprised that that's coming through. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, I live closer to the airport hmm. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my SimCity property value went down <laughs> um, where I live now. But yeah, there's a there's a jet. But it's like it's 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 not a good game. It's not as bad as everyone thought. But playing most adventure games from this era, mm-hmm. I think go down a little bit chunky. Yeah, uh, just yeah. just especially because it's so awkward. I think this was an awkward time for a lot of games between yeah. 1995 and 2000. <laughs> let's say, um, and not even Gabriel Knight could have escaped from that. I think that it's kind of revelatory that this has aged more poorly than the FMV entry in the series. Yeah, yeah. Well, FMV is like I like FMV now. Oh yeah, but like, like, like was, if if, yeah, if but, I'm if I'm listing off the qual the qualities of FMV like looks super good many years later uh, is not yeah, something yeah. I would uh, I, I would go to first. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, like it it is interesting that the Gabriel Knight series formed a kind of arc that most games don't, where they get uglier and less accessible as they go, instead of more so. Yeah. You know, most most games and not like there are later series and adventure games that are worse, obviously, like Monkey Island and mm-hmm. such. But for the most part, they get at least like better looking and easier to get or like a lot of other different genres. Yeah. You know, the most recent one is the one to play. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be the most modern feeling one. Like, you know, God of War is a good example. Of that. Like, yeah. We did God of War last month. The um the most recent one is much easier to play than the old one. The old one's still playable, <clears throat> but it's much easier to play the new one. It's yeah, yeah. in line with today's values. Gabriel Knight went the opposite way. Like they just kept searching for something and never getting it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like the actual broad arcs of the story, like I think this is gonna be another one of our episodes too, where this game sounds better than it actually is to play it. Mm-hmm. Like going through and reading the notes and going through the plot with you, like everything sounds really cool. Like we <laughs> described a game that'd be really fun to play. Mm-hmm. It's not actually that fun to play though. Yeah. So you know, so uh, I, I would agree with you. This is not a, this is not a very good game. Um, it's not to say there's you know very little. There, it's not to say there's no joy to be had in it. Like the investigative stuff is very very good. Like, I think there's yeah. I think there's actually a lot of joy to be had in it. It's just it's hard to get. Yes. Yeah. It, so. it is. You 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 have you have to work for it in a way that you know for our approach and just you know the way that we evaluate these things like you know the the, the good does doesn't necessarily offset the bad. Right. I mean, it yeah, does specifically it's, it's... for us because we're, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. But for, if, if we, if I was, again, if I was in Gen Pop, 
The, no, no, uh, no but, but but that's what I mean. Like you know, we, we like we talk about like you know, in any given game, like oh, but like there's a super cool thing about the story, or like there's this one part, like no, like like that doesn't that, that like that doesn't get rid of this other thing that's really bad about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm I'm probably a little bit more apologetic for this game than you know than than I ought to be. Mm-hmm. You know, because because again, I like these characters. I want to see where these relationships oh, go. Yeah. Um. The uh. But yeah, it's not the bad of this is significant and mm-hmm. it's constant. Yeah. Throughout it, so like, yeah, it's not a very good game. Yeah. I'm so glad we did it. I'm glad we finished the series. Um. Yeah. You know, the, I wish the, the series had been rebooted or would continue in some way pretty badly. Yes. You couldn't get Tim Curry back, but maybe you shouldn't. You know. Um. Get Dean Erickson. Dean Erickson's yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> no, no, he's he's like a head of a hedge fund. It's really weird. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. <laughs> this will sound like a hugely like a like a hugely backhanded compliment. I'm not saying this to be like catty or whatever. Um, however, the, one of the best things that this did for me was make me think back on, reflect on, and read about the uh, the older Gabriel Knight games. Like mm-hmm. the, those are very very special in a way that this kind of borrows a little bit of the shine from but doesn't ultimately rise to yeah 100 percent. like there's still the the things that make those games special there's still amounts of it here and that thing is kind of unique you know like it's a you don't get a lot of like the gabriel knight games especially the first one you know depending on what today you ask me that's my favorite adventure game Mm -hmm. like it's it's held that spot a lot and it's it's real you know it's it's a real thing like it is actually that good super super good Mm -hmm. um and the things that make it good are still on evidence here, just with a lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yep. So. They just lost their way. You know? They're, 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 yeah. they're, they were chasing the incorrect thing. Yep. Uh, much like Montrose and his vampires. <laughs> Segway King. Um, what are we... Uh, next episode is going to be our response episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, if you're, it is on early release, you still have time. Uh, if it's on Gen Pop release. Yeah. Um, and you actually... Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll say you have time. For that because this, this won't go out today it's supposed to go out today with disclosure this is the first time recording for people who follow me on social media i had an injury and was out of commission for a couple of weeks um i'm back it's set off our schedule a little bit but it shouldn't be too noticeable yeah um and if you send in a thing on saturday i still think we should read it yeah yeah um yeah so uh, if you're in early release you have time if it's on gen pop release you don't um but you do have time to respond to our games in october yes uh so october is kind of an indie horror month uh, you know, October being the spookiest month of them all. Uh, mm-hmm. So our first game is one that we ran a poll for. Uh, we had an unprecedented thing happen, which is we had a tie. Yeah. Um, we had a tie between Colot and um, Penumbra Overture. Uh, in that case, we just kind of made a game day decision to do Penumbra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a, we, neither of us have played Colot. We both played Penumbra. Mm-hmm. So it was a, kind of a tough decision. Um, Colot feels like it's more a game, you know, in research that it's something where there are cool things about it, but you have to struggle through a lot, mm-hmm. uh, to get there. Uh, Penumbra is just great yeah. in general. And that, that company, um, they made their name with amnesia. I think a lot of people have played amnesia. Not a lot of people have played Penumbra. Mm-hmm. So, uh, getting that some more exposure is worthwhile in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it also, it will also coincide nicely with, um, the start of the Malleus Monsterum. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. season of Monster My Podcast. We're, yep. we're the, not so crass. The crafting of, yes. of the Duckfeed Network. <laughs> it was always Lovecrafty. Um, <laughs> the second episode of October is going to be a special episode about micro horror. Uh, so mm-hmm. small independent horror experiences, uh, you, you know, things by Kitty Horror Show, uh, My Daddy's Long Long Legs, I'm Scared, things like that. 
Yep. And that's going to be kind of a pop up not like a book report. Like we've done those. We're both mm-hmm. going to play both games, but it'll be like a series of segments glued together mm-hmm. talking through each game. That's very short. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is cool. Like something I was thinking about with those, like I love that in the world of micro games, horror has really flourished mm-hmm. because horror as a genre is hard to sustain mm-hmm. for a normal game length. Like yeah. even games I really love, like even Silent Hill 2, you know, it is hard to make a scary thing that's, you know, 10 hours long. Right. Like there's going to be parts that end up being kind of laughable or missing or just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And that was true in Silent Hill 2, a game, again, I really like, but like mm-hmm. there are parts where it just feels like I'm just pushing at boundaries, trying to figure out what happens next. Yes. Um, doing like hour long, two hour long experiences does tons for horror's pacing. Yeah. It makes it more akin to a movie than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes ind- you know independent games such a good avenue for horror. Like people, yeah. people have really latched onto it when they're not trying to do like a YouTube screamer thing. Yep. Um, after that, we're doing Night in the Woods, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the adventure game that came out last year, I believe, um, that is uh, also uh, more mildly horror-tinged, mm-hmm. but definitely has spooky elements. Yeah. And uh, something that we've been meaning to do for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. So looking forward to all of that. We will uh, be ready to announce November's games next episode in the listener response. If you have anything to say about those horror games, the deadline will be October the 15th. Uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to get any responses at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Absolutely. Um, if you like this network and you like what we do, the best way to show that and to support us is to go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a series of rewards depending on how much you're able to give. Um, you know, that kind of, uh, kind of comes, you know, this month, they're doing Auteur Adventure Game Month, was uh, dictated. Somebody yeah. chose that for us. Yeah, thank you, um, that, Yeah, thanks, Nick. Uh, that is a tier. So that's the kind of thing you can do. Um, those are, we do limited slots so we can still do our own theme months, but mm-hmm. keep an eye on those. Those do open up. Yep. Um, once people pick their thing, they tend to duck out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also tiers to have us do specific games. So, you know, if you're just like, man, why won't they do this? Uh, pitch <laughs> it to us. You know, yep. it's, it's something that we, we have as for the, the people who support the network. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not unable to support that level, there's lots of cool stuff you can get. Uh, $5 gets you a bunch of bonus after sufferings, which is a show you should listen to if you don't, mm-hmm. uh, and access to our Slack which is a good, fun, lively place to talk mm-hmm. um, about games and everything. Yeah. Lots of different mm-hmm. topics in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and there will be a thing. Uh, it's going to be a little bit later than the actual time. We just passed in real time. Uh, we're about a week after the seventh anniversary of this show. Yeah. Um, so it's seven years old. We have something planned for that. And um, mm-hmm. that will be for patrons only as well. Yeah. Um, we can probably announce that even though we don't announce when it comes out. Uh, so oh. if, you, if you want on this, um, I, I think that's probably right. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. So. Um, so we're we're actually doing something people have asked us to do a bunch. Um, so we're going to, just for patrons, we're going to do another episode on Mega Man X. Yeah. So, um, that so is the that's first the first episode game of the we show. covered. Yeah. Yep. First episode of the show. And what would that be like if we covered it uh, with seven years of experience? Yeah. Under our belt. Um, and boy, I have played Mega Man X, I think, three times over the past month and a half. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. Like, it never gets old. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 one of the it's in the master place or master uh, piece section of games we've done, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it'll be fun to revisit and it'll be a cool experiment to like redo something. Yeah, you know, so I think we're not going to do a lot, but it's uh, we want to do it for that. Yeah, so keep an eye on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So that'll be available uh, for anybody who backs at the uh, kind of the regular premium episode tier at five dollars. Five dollars. Um, yep. Not the uh, well. There's a ten dollar premium tier as well where you get mm-hmm. a, our show adaptation decay. But uh, if you do it back at five dollars, we get a bunch of uh, after sufferings and access to the Slack. You'll also get the Mega Man X episode. Yeah, um, and that will be shortly. We are going to record that sooner, but again, uh, I was injured. Yes. So um, the other thing you can do for the show is rate and review it mm-hmm. on iTunes or kind of informally do so on message boards, uh, on Twitter, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when that happens, we see you. Like people 
on Twitter are asking like, hey, you know, I'm looking for podcast recommendations. Um, when you guys bring us up, it's great. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we like that. It, 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 like that, that is the way that we grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is, uh, we're looking to grow. Um, so yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, and until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Uh, they should watch out for Cabri Sangria. Mm. Bring it back. Yeah. It's tasty. They, well, we said Sangriel earlier. Cabri <laughs> Sangria is goat wine. <laughs> Go, goat wine with like two pieces of orange floating in it. Mm. It's actually good. Sangria is awesome. <laughs> 